Tune in to the Neil Prendeville Show weekdays from 9am on Cork's Red FM. I think you'd notice that you'd no lights on. You'd notice by looking at your dash that it was in pitch dark. When you'd notice the fog outside and your visibility, but yet still no lights on. I mean, what kind of preoccupation is going on in somebody's head? Um, anyway, we were very much preoccupied with flooding yesterday. And this is a, a big national story in all of the papers this morning. But the examiner does a chapter and verse because they show us photographs of the city and other areas that have been hit by flooding down through the years. A photograph from 2001, a photograph again from 2019, a photograph from 2014, and again 2020. People in canoes and kayaks uh, going down Oliver Plunkett Street back in 2001. And here we are 20 years later, and then nothing changed. Front of the echo today, deeply distressing floods that will cost businesses, maybe insurance companies, and certainly the state who are going to help millions and millions of euro. Uh, I'm not talking about flood relief. I'm just talking about trying to repair the damage and help business get back up again. I was in the city yesterday afternoon for a stroll around more on that a little later on, but businesses voicing frustration and disappointment of the, over the continual flooding as if things weren't bad enough for them with midnight tonight. So the Echo's got a lot on that. They're not just the city, but also East Cork and West Cork. I see an article uh, from Bantry this morning making Anne Murphy's article in the Echo outlining the cost for the second flood in the town in three months. But the other big story, of course, has to do with uh, the C word, and that has to do with fines. So people who throw house parties during lockdown can get a thousand euro fine. It'll go up to like two and a half grand and up and up and up if you continue to act the maggot with house parties and the guards have to come back again and again. So that's a grand. Um, and if you don't do what you're told and you uh, you know, you give the guards grief, for instance, or you're a serial offender, you go to jail for a month. Then there'll be penalties on top of that. 500 euro handed out for those people uh, who refuse to wear a mask in public areas and going into and out of shops. And there's also a 500 euro fine uh, for breaking the five kilometer travel limit during level five. Now, what they don't say is that you won't get a 500 euro fa- fine for going outside your 5k limit. You'll get a, a much lesser fine. Could be 50, maybe 70 euro but it will go up to I suppose if you're a repeat offender uh, go up to 500 uh, as a max so that's what we're talking about now and then the only reason that we have these fines is because of the people who didn't play ball the last time around so the headline in the sun today says this party's covid you're going home and they talk about the thousand euro fines 13 deaths reported yesterday and uh, 1269 positive cases jail For having a party, revelers facing fine or prison sentence or both as death rates rise. Front of this morning's mail. The independent go right out on a limb and they say two and a half thousand euro fines and jail for house parties. That's for repeat offenders, like a thousand for the first offence, fifteen hundred for the second offence and then I suppose jail as well. Um, But uh, what people seemed to miss yesterday was when they talked about level five for six weeks and then going back to say level three for Christmas, that rules out any kind of serious stab at Christmas for pubs uh, or restaurants uh, or cafes indoors. And that's why this morning the star says that even under a relaxation, um, pubs will be shut as we know them traditionally until 2021. Because even in December, it still will be the outdoor rule for a pint outdoors or serving 15 people outdoors. So that came as a shock yesterday afternoon when it started to settle into the minds and the heads of the brains of people involved in hospitality. Locking around the Christmas tree is an inside story in the mirror today. Restaurants and pubs uh, will stay closed pretty much even after this. Uh, And many retail chiefs are stunned at the grim prospect ahead from midnight tonight. Now, 
does anybody feel like me that perhaps it won't be six weeks? Perhaps it will be three weeks. And they're saying six weeks just for us to uh, take it seriously because there's not the same buy-in um, to lockdown this time around as there was in, in March because there was a lot of fear in March. There's not that much fear now, by and large, because we know COVID, we understand it, we you know, we, we kind of get it. So perhaps it would be three weeks. Perhaps we could see maybe would suggest that maybe by mid-November um, things will start to relax again. But they're just, you know, the way they do it. They're just saying six weeks to make people take it even more seriously. But it could well be half that. So on the spot fines uh, make all of the papers today. Public are pretty much divided on the decision to go to level five in the first place. The second lockdown for midnight tonight. But unless somebody comes up with a better way of doing things that protect hospital beds and ICU units, uh, I don't know that there's any other option but to go with the flow, like, uh, you know, many other countries seem to be thinking about or doing already. Shoppers in a panic as the country prepares for the lockdown. And Aldi apparently are announcing a one-toy limit on certain items for Christmas. I mean, so many small businesses are going to close, like people who sell clothing and involved in fashion and stuff like that. And it must be heartbreaking for them when then they see uh, the big multiples, the likes of, uh, say, for instance, the likes of Duns, who will be selling clothing and will be selling footwear and they'll be sending, selling uh, all sorts of household and domestic items. Uh, you know, they'll be selling mirrors, for instance. They'll be selling crockery, knives, forks, lots of household equipment and, de- and stuff like that, and lots and lots of fashion. So while some are rubbing their hands, you know, saying, oh my God, it's going to be a bumper six weeks, others who sell the same stuff have had to close. Um, the buy-in, of course, from people is important, and we're reminded by that in all the papers today. But uh, the latest piece of um, news from the HSE is that they're now asking people uh, who tested positive to call your own close contacts. They are just overwhelmed and they just can't can't do it for some extraordinary reason. So they're going to be texting people today, thousands of them, um, informing them that they, uh, okay, so you tested positive and you know about that, but we're not going to be able to contact trace the people you were close to, so would you mind doing it yourself? Isn't that bizarre? Uh, and of course, gyms. Um, uh, so, I mean, I, I'm, I'm, I'm astonished actually that people's mental health and psychological welfare isn't as important as it should be to those that call the shots on, you know, what businesses can and can't open. But uh, gyms are not apparently, according to the HSC or NEFET or the government, essential services. I would have thought they would have been. I would have thought that gyms would be more of an essential service than an off-license, really. No disrespect. I'm not saying you shouldn't be able to have a, uh, a bottle of beer or a bottle of wine. Of course you should, but surely somebody should be able to go into a gym, particularly if it's one-on-one. There's a ban on evictions for the next six weeks, and that makes the papers too. You heard uh, Lana talk about uh, home workers uh, finding it more expensive, which is kind of kind of extraordinary. I think you've been saving an awful lot of money. But now they're saying that uh, if you compare somebody who's a homeowner and a renter, the CSO, who know their stuff, are saying that homeowners are 44 times wealthier than renters. I might get an opportunity to drill into that. The, one of the reasons why is because um, the vast majority of people's income is going into rent. And I mentioned it in the past now that landlords are basing rental prices on house shares, no longer on families or couples with children. So 16 and 1800 doesn't present a problem for four people sharing a house. It presents an, uns- an insurmountable problem uh, for people who are um, a couple or partners with children. And Fungi makes all of the papers today. Two different perspectives on it. One in the sun that says it was Fungi while it lasted, but there is a possibility now that Fungi is dead. And fishermen fear that the likelihood is that he will never return to Dingle 
uh, and a marine biologist is quoted as saying that he possibly could have died. I think he legged it and may decide to come back or may not. Maybe his affinity with Dingle has come to an end and he's decided to head out into open water. Maybe he's following fish. But meanwhile, the Daily Star this morning says one of the world's leading dolphin experts has told the people at Kerry and Dingle, don't give up hope. He says, fungi will be back at some stage. There's a guy called Richard uh, O'Barry. He's 81 years old now. And he was the guy who actually trained Flipper. Who's Flipper, you might say, if you're too young to remember? Well, Flipper was a dolphin that had his own television series back in the 1960s and early 70s. I remember it. Do you? in week out for for a few years to be quite honest with you they managed to knock out a television series every week of a dolphin in a swimming pool but they did I mean I don't know who was writing the storylines I don't even know perhaps they might even even try to make a more modern version of Flipper and I don't know maybe they did but by and large those remakes are awful think of Hawaii Five-0 and stuff like that but anyway do you know I was also thinking playing that theme there it sounded <coughs> a little Christmassy to me didn't it sound kind of Christmassy? Like uh, making me think that maybe we might start playing Christmas music. <laughs> Give me a break, I hear you shout. Or maybe not. The Neil Prenderville Show. Josh, good morning. Good morning, Neil. How are you? I'm good, my man. You have Exceed Fitness and you and uh, many, many hundreds and hundreds of gyms closed for the last time today. How does that make you guys feel? Uh, it's obviously it's a difficult time like um, I, I feel it, it's an essential service that shouldn't be closed and I felt it should have been looked into and considered a bit more but ultimately we're not the ones making the decisions so we can only do our best um, so right now I'm rushing around all day I, I've actually two businesses I've got Exceed which is the personal training and then we've got Elite Coaching College which I actually started up in the last lockdown so I'm in between both now today just rushing and racing and trying getting things closed down like so you must, feel uh, as if 90, been, you must feel as if you've been shortchanged, though, when um, you see the likes of fast food restaurants, no disrespect to them as such, and off-licenses both open. Uh, there was a quote there I read recently where gyms are an awful lot better for you than fast food and off-licenses. Oh, big time. Like, I mean, at this stage, you know, we all know the, the benefits of uh, health and fitness and gyms and training in general, especially when there's a virus around of that sort, you know, where it directly affects your respiratory system. Training now is as important as it ever has been, like, you know, if not more important. Like, so, yeah, I, I do. I personally think we've been very, very hard done by, um, and, and especially well, when the likes of off licenses are open there. I mean, like, if you had to put off licenses in gyms next to each other, there's only one is going to benefit you and one's going to have a negative effect on you. Again, in, in moderation, it's a different story. Like in this. what way? If you abuse alcohol, it affects your mood and leads to depression and anxiety and stress and worry, whereas gym activity, pushing weights or doing physical exercise has the opposite effect. 
is the exact opposite effect. Alcohol is a depressant. Like, you know, it's going to bring you down. It's not going to make you feel great, especially if you, if you overdo it or go over the top, you know, and we're kind of leading into that season now where there's going to be a lot of that probably from the home more so. But again, in this time, it would be great to have an out, you know, which the gym does provide for people. Were you doing an awful lot of work helping people? I'm told Brenda was said you've helped hundreds through the gym and through your own personal training, people with depressive issues, eating disorders and addictions. Is that accurate? Yeah, there's been a fair few, but no too fair. Um, like anyone that is a personal trainer knows it always starts off with kind of a, on a personal training basis, but you kind of have conversations in private that lead to getting to know people a little bit more in depth. And then just from having done it over the years, I've just developed very, very good, um, skills for helping people through their, their issues and stuff like that. Like, so yeah, we've had a lot of eating disorders, depression, anxiety. So in the last couple of weeks now, I feel like the mood has been very, very low with people. Like, you know, it's, it's almost like, it's almost like Christmas Eve, except this, instead of Santa, Clause arriving, it's the Grinch, like you know what I mean. It's a very kind of low, um, not very positive uh, outlook on the next couple of months, like you know. So it, it is difficult for people, like, but personal training has helped an awful lot of people. I mean, anyone that has done training knows the benefits of it. So to take that away at a time like this, when I feel it's more essential than ever, especially with the, the, there's a couple of studies in England there showing that. COVID transmission through gyms is actually the second lowest of any kind of the areas out and about. Uh, so it's disappointing that they didn't look into it a little further. Actually, that uh, is... Hopefully that, in the next yeah, couple of weeks, that, things will, will change. Well, yeah, I mean, you are right, actually. I looked at the stats when they broke it down as to positive testing and and, uh, and track and trace, and it's very, very little. I mean, it's, it's, very an, it's an airborne droplet, I know that, and it lands on surfaces, but... Would, would it be fair to say that the vast majority of responsible gym owners would be would have been sanitizing, yeah? Yeah, oh, 100%. I mean, I'm friends with a lot of them online and I mean, all the, the forums and stuff like that. Like, gym owners have gone absolutely over the top and that speaks for even our competition, absolutely everybody. Everybody has gone over the top and made a really, really big effort to keep people safe because at the end of the day, it's, it's our livelihood at stake here as well. You know, closing businesses isn't good, for, isn't good for anybody. Like, closing a service like this is definitely not good for people. Um... And especially in our in our service, we're not a public gym, we're a private one-to-one facility, so we're appointment only with distancing the whole way through our sessions. Like So whatever about gyms being safe, personal training studios are extra safe. Okay, so where you'd have a gym where you could have 20 or 30 or 40 people in the mega big ones, all on different machines and moving around. That's one aspect exactly. that could be an element yeah. of risk there. But would you not have thought that one-on-one, dealing with people's mental health as well as their physical health, would be deemed as an essential service? I mean, why haven't you guys had anyone fighting your corner? Yeah, it, it, it's a difficult one, and, and I've looked into it. Like, there's been a, a couple of letters issued um, up to Dublin from various different kind of representatives and stuff like that, but nothing has come of it. Like, and they've happened in the last couple of weeks because I was going to go about doing something myself, but I've seen a lot of other guys putting their hand in it and putting really well constructed letters together that nothing has resulted in. Like, and these are private personal training studios again with a very, very um, low risk of. Uh, picking up the virus like so it, it just not nothing has resulted in it like you know it's it's a very it's a very hard thing to understand especially for gym owners and, and personal studio personal training studio owners like it's very um i can't really get my head around it like it feels like we're we're almost burning down the house to kill the mouse kind of a thing like yeah, but here we are nonetheless for the next six weeks um what options mm-hmm. do people have and and from a professional like yourself what advice can you give people the, the, the one main thing and i, I suppose it comes back to 
the effects that training has on people. Like obviously they, they've no access to a, a gym or personal training facility. But the thing about anxiety and depression, obviously people with anxiety are fearful of the future and people with depression are kind of dwelling on the past. So when you do training sessions, you become very, very present and grounded. Like it's almost like a form of meditation. It just makes you really present. Like so for the coming weeks, I think everybody needs to find some form of meditation, whether it's a, an online training workout. Um, I know Joe Wicks there, he's a big UK fitness influencer, was doing PE at home. Just something that makes you be in the present moment. You're not, t- like, even 30 minutes where you're not thinking about the future, you're not thinking about the past, you're just focusing and kind of bringing your heart rate down, you're breaking a bit of a sweat. I think that needs to be done daily. Even if you're feeling bad, I think everyone needs to make an effort. Just break a bit of a sweat, get the heart rate up, feel alive, like, you know. So that's definitely one thing that people have but to do, you know, and obviously it's going to be at home. Is it possible to do that without having to sign up to a Zoom class? Um, you could, like I always say to people, go on YouTube, look, look at hit workouts. Like it doesn't have, you don't have to support my business, but do something for yourself. Like you know, Just, th- there's a lot of options out there. Like there's a lot of YouTube, there's a lot of free content out there online. But you know, it, it's people's choice whether they, they want to go on and look at it and and, and do it. Um, but it's definitely something that needs to be done on a daily basis. You know, find that form of meditation and get it done. Like. And, and uh, don't procrastinate and come up with excuses not to do it, which I'm terrible at doing, particularly, you know, as, course, as, as, yeah. particularly as the, the nights are getting darker earlier, you know, the days are getting shorter. Exactly. Yeah. And again, I think the nights getting a bit darker is another reason why, you know, it, it's kind of disappointing that the studios and the gyms are closed, you know, even people getting out walking and stuff is going to restrict them a lot. People are working from home, they're, they're cocooning. So it's, it's just making things a little bit more difficult. So I would encourage people to get online, look at YouTube workouts, get out and walk if you can. Just find that form of meditation, eat healthy, stay in a routine, work out home, do what you need to do to make yourself feel good. Because a lot of the time when people are training and what works really good for us is with that accountability factor. Yeah, so but people it, know they have to show up. Like, but for people at home, it's a little bit more difficult, and that's why I think it's going to be it's going to be quite difficult over the coming weeks. It's hard to be disciplined when you're on your own and you don't have a personal trainer to to um, forgive me for saying like to to answer to at the next session. Mm. But but diet's important too, isn't it? Because you can be exercising all you want and breaking a sweat, but if you're eating all wrong, too much sugar, too many unhealthy carbs, it 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 will exactly. it'll drag yeah. your mindset down as well, won't it? Of course, you can't you can't out train a bad diet. Yeah, that's it's that true. simple. Like you, that's you just true. you can't do it. Like you know, especially with the the alcohol and the off license is still being open. Like they they make you feel bad. They don't make you feel good. Like um, so, it's important to take care at this time, especially leading into flu season, um, to take that extra bit of care with what you're consuming, like both mentally and physically. Like you know, so especially the foods. I, I'd avoid fast food. I'd avoid takeaways as much as possible. Try to go back to the raw, real stuff if, if at all possible. Are you doing anything online, do you think, over the next six weeks that people might be able to get involved in? Yeah, we are. We're starting um, online classes um, and we're going to do kind of um, a, a bit for our own clients as well. We're going to give them out a bit of gear, um, a few extra dumbbells and kettlebells and stuff like that so they can take home and keep active while they're locked down over the next six weeks. But so we are, you, are, you um, looking after, are you looking after some of the people who would have uh, maybe psychological issues and, you know, maybe issues like yeah. that that you, you just can't kind of leave for six weeks? Yeah, basically, like we're, we're kind of we always look after our own out here. Like um, to be fair, so a- anyone that that is willing and, and is going to put in the work, you know, because again, I don't want to be sending someone out dumbbells that genuinely won't do it. Like you know, I, I prefer if they were willing to kind of be open and honest about it and share it around a bit. So um, yeah, anyone that is willing to do it, you know, we're more than happy to to give our customers uh, training equipment to work away at home over the coming weeks. Any little bit that helps, like 
Okay, and from an online scenario, how can people get in touch? Um, so they can go through our website, which is exceedfitness.ie. They can go to our Instagram page or our Facebook page. So Listen. over the coming days, we'll be launching a big offer. Um, won't be anything too crazy expensive. You know, we kind of want to keep Cork fit and as healthy as possible <laughs> and as positive going into Christmas. Like, you know, so. And when we get back to early December, which is supposed to be the goal we've set ourselves, and we move back mm. to perhaps level three, that will still present problems for, say, I know pubs and restaurants and things. But will you guys be able to open again then? Yeah, no, we're opening level three. So one to one is open in level three. Okay. Um, and we were open to do 10 people in classes, or sorry, six people in classes at level two. So as things start easing off, and hopefully they will over the coming weeks, we'll be able to just open up more and more of our services. So personal hopefully training will be open at level three, and classes will be open at level two. Hopefully we'll reach it. Hopefully we'll hit that yeah, marker. Hopefully. Josh, thank you so hopefully. much for taking the call. Stay in touch, no my friend. Not. Appreciate it. Perfect. Take it easy, Nate. Bye. Cheers. Talk to Neil Printerville now. 1851-04106. Red FM. Text 086-8104-106. I see people texting on gyms already. I don't think anybody was was of the opinion that the big mega gyms where people would be on the rowing machines and moving from there to a rowing machine and moving from that to a cross trainer, you know, and that nobody was talking about that. But certainly the one-on-one, you know, where, um, you know, the equipment would be sterilized and sanitized and cleaned down after a sing- every single use where it be one-on-one that that will be left alone um, unfortunately apparently 35,000 people who signed a petition calling the government to allow gyms to open haven't been listened to at, uh, listened to at least not yet and what we heard there from Josh is that gyms now are loaning gym equipment which they did last time round for the first lockdown. Coach Kavanagh um, who coached uh, Colin McGregor, Conor McGregor uh, says government currently debating whether gyms are essential service. We know that gyms improve people's physical and mental health hugely but they're debating it interestingly off licenses and liquor stores never never closed they were immediately declared essential with zero argument about that Donegal Lirich and Fain said have been in contact been contacted by several constituents regarding whether gyms could be allowed to function to a limited extent with precautions many people have raised with me the mental health benefits of exercise to many people I've written to the Minister of Health asking him what the rationale here is what the evidence for not including gyms is and why they took this decision hopefully he will uh, come back to us um, uh, Donica when he gets a response maybe it's too late but some would say it's never too late uh, there are a lot of things you can do you can walk you can get outdoors and run you can do your own uh, press ups and there's a fellow responded actually to Donica's tweet saying running on the roads press ups and sit ups uh, there are lots that people can do for themselves. But some people need the discipline of it and they, they need the routine. They also need the contact, you know, and the support of like personal trainers these days and people who are running gyms are a lot more than just the physical aspect of your health. They also chat with you and, uh, you know, you, people actually end up, uh, you know, sharing their life story or the problems they might have with the person who's training them. And Josh referred to that there a little earlier on. Anyway, text 0868104106 on that. Pick up the phone on 1850104106. Can I ask, um, are there businesses out there uh, who were offered or are being offered again rent cuts? Uh, I would like to perhaps, and if you would like to share with me, I won't necessarily give out your, your, your uh, business details or, you know, you know, your, your shop or what have you, but I'd like to know, uh, have landlords played ball this time around, you know, from midnight tonight when you close, if they said, okay, listen, maybe pay what you can afford or 
pay 50% or have others said absolutely no cut in rent. You may be closed, but I want my rent. So get in touch with that too. Text 0868104106. Morning. Um, uh, I'm, uh, da, 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 da. I'm not sure about that first text, whether they are or whether they're not. So I'll come back to that. My son is doing his leaving cert and the gym is for him a de-stressor. It allows him to release all the stress and stay focused terrible that this is now taken away from him and from others. Um, you're not jumping around the off-license, Neil, spraying saliva and sweat everywhere. For you to say that is a strange comparison. Thank you for that. Imagine a government telling us they're looking after our health but closing the gyms. Morning, we created a YouTube channel, ATP Fitness Cork, in the last lockdown with free workouts for people, HIT classes, toning, stretching, yoga workouts. We have kids' workouts as well and even workouts for the older generation generation. It is all for free, says Ian at ATP Fitness. Morning. I'm not a member of ATP ATP Fitness, but during the last lockdown, they did fitness classes on YouTube and I'd highly recommend people check them out. They're free of charge, very adaptable for all fitness levels. So check it out on YouTube, the YouTube channel ATP Fitness Cork. Morning. I do personal training in Eve Core in Glanmire. The gym is sterile. I swear to God, I often say to them, I can smell the clean from the car park. I'd feel safer up there than in a hospital, to be honest, says Rose by text to 0868104106. So a lot of calls this morning. And believe me, I am doing my level best to try and mix things up as possible so that we're talking about all sorts of different conversations and all sorts of aspects of life. Uh, But I do need your help on that because we're constantly like a magnet being dragged back to lockdown, being dragged back to COVID-19 being dragged back to the implications of that for people in their lives and their jobs. And all of that is very important. It really is. And that's why we keep on being brought back to it as a story. But there will be other issues now in the coming weeks, just like there were uh, last time around in March and April. And that's with a lot of time on your hands. I wonder if people learned a lot, uh, you know, from March, April and May. Certainly with regards to, say, for instance, their drinking habits and uh, overindulging in alcohol. Because as Michael, I'm sure, would agree, it can, in the wrong hands and in and in vast quantities, uh, destroy lives, destroy relationships and destroy families. Michael, good morning. Morning, Neil. How are you? I'm well. Can we, can we just cast back to, was it March or April that things started to come off the rails for you or was there a problem for a longer period than that? Yeah, it was... Alcohol has always been an issue issue in my life, Neil, but um, over the last three, four, four years, it started creeping in more excessively and abusing it more. And then with a couple of uh, life-changing experiences then. But uh, in the last lockdown, I found that, yeah, it just took over my life completely. And it was basically, that was it. That was my life. That was alcohol, really, you know. But previous to that, you found it creeping up upon you. Were you drinking more in pubs or drinking more at home or a combination it, of both? It was it was a small bit time in the pub, but it was mainly at home, Neil, to be honest. Just bags of cans, bags of cans, 200 cans a month, you know, that type of thing. And was anybody trying to keep you in check? I mean, like family, partner? Oh, yeah. Children? Yeah, par- partner. I went to see the doctor. I went to hospital a few times, talked to people, talked to friends, but it was like um, something inside us just didn't want to stop, you know, that type of way. 
but you weren't trying to bury anything like you weren't suffering in, in other ways maybe psychologically or maybe you know depressive episodes or anything like that it was was it just pure alcohol and the love of it and the addiction of it well to be honest Neil you could say like everybody has problems everybody has psychological problems but for me it's just yeah, the alcohol, mainly, I loved it. I loved it, man. I couldn't get enough of it, you know. Okay. And uh, what did it lead to? It lead to everything, Neil. I, I had a beautiful partner, a really, really lovely woman, lovely kids, lovely home. And I just pushed it all away, destroyed it, really, you know, and just didn't listen to anybody, didn't take the help that was offered. And basically just, yeah, just, just went on a self-destructive path, really, you know. Um, so during that lockdown period then, uh, your only kind of motivation would have been trips to the off-licenses on a daily basis, was it? Basically, Neil, yeah. To, to cut a long story short, yeah, it was like every day, drinking every day and, you know, like even if you weren't drinking early in the morning or the afternoon, you'd be making a plan to get your daily jobs done and then set your goal then for drinking that evening drinking that night you know that type of way because you didn't have the discipline of going to work was it well I didn't have any discipline at all Neil you know I didn't have the discipline to put on a pair of shorts and go out jogging or I didn't have the discipline to go out walking with the, the dog or anything like that it was just like blinded blinded by the buzz of the alcohol you know the buzz of the drink like you know even early in the morning yeah, you'd have the temptations, Neil, early in the morning, but like you, you'd have children in the house, you'd have stuff to look after, you know, you'd have to go to the shop, doing the shopping, so you sort of put it to the back of your mind, but it doesn't leave your mind, it's in there all day, and you're, and you're sort of thinking, I get all my stuff done now, my daily job's done, and then come five o'clock, six o'clock, boom, that's my time to, to guess langers, as we call people say, you know. On your own? On my own, Neil, yeah, basically, yeah, yeah. But surely you'd feel physically awful the next day, and but you'd still repeat the process. And to be honest, Neil, I'm a bit of a a bit of a functioning alcoholic. Like I was still able to get up at half six, seven o'clock in the morning, do my cleaning, get to breakfast, look after the kids, drop them to school, go to work, whatever. You know, never really suffered a hangover. To be honest, like never was puking in the toilet or very, very, very uh, sorry. The very odd time it happened, but. Most of the time, ninety percent of the time, I'd wake up fresh as a daisy, you know, just able to function on and then continue on. Then till I got the next drink, you know, that type of. Way. That was a pity, really, wasn't it? Because um, that might have helped you if you had bad reactions. But apparently, <laughs> I, didn't. I, yeah, I've, I've I've heard of people say that that's turned them off and that the hangovers were so bad and this thing and that thing. But I suppose some people are just different, you know, that type of. Way. So, how bad did it actually get then? As uh, as as we. Came out of lockdown. It didn't. It didn't change anything with you. No, it didn't. It didn't. It didn't really change. It was like um, a home there with my partner and a beautiful person and beautiful kids, beautiful home, everything a man could have dreamed for on, on in life on paper, but just just blinded, blinded by the addiction. And then in the end, then it it sort of came to decision where. There was a monster and an illness inside me that I had to I had to leave the home and I couldn't stop uh, I had to stop torturing people with what I was doing you know like and the people that love me and care for me and all that so yeah I ended up uh, I ended up losing my relationship and my relationship with my partner and my kids my home respect for my friends 
yeah, the usual things that everybody needs in life. I sort of sort of lost them all, you know. So did you literally pack a bag and close the front door behind you? <clears throat> yeah, you could sort of say that. It was more of a more of a mutual decision, really. Like yeah. you know, but you, you know? took some possessions with you and left to go where? To be honest, Neil, and, and when you're in that state of mind, there you don't really know where you're going, you know, because you, you sort of really you sort of realise that it's coming to a head. You want help, but you don't know. You you sort of want the help, but you don't want the help. You know that type of way. So you just like it's like going off into a bliss. It's like going off into a dream. You don't know. Did what's you go to an AA right meeting? Now. Did you pick up the phone or call the Samaritans or? Oh, it's, I've I've had that over the over a few years in my life. I've had chances and stuff, and I tried it, but it was always a case of oh, I'm after trying that now in my own head. Part of my brain is telling me it's not working. So why even do it? And then slowly but surely the monster creeps back in, the illness creeps back in, and then before you know it, you're back, you're back on the on the beer, you know. Yeah, it, it sounds as if you weren't ready. Um, did you end yeah. up? Did you end up sleeping rough? Yeah, there was uh, there was a couple of weeks. All right, Jenny, I was sleeping rough in parks and stuff like that, and yeah, it was basically torture, man. Torture in only. Yeah, in Cork City, man, yeah, yeah. Did you have a tent, or was it just a sleeping bag, or did the volunteer services provide anything to you? To be honest, Neil, sometimes I slept with people who I know were on the streets, and I slept with them in a tent, or sometimes I just spent the whole night walking around until it got bright and early. And then one night then, I was in um, I was in a tent down by Fitzgerald's Park, and it was lashing rain, and the rain, the rain was very, very, very torrential, and... um. Five, six o'clock, maybe seven o'clock in the morning, someone came to the tent. There was two volunteers from the Simon community, you know, and they, they popped their head in the tent and they asked me my name, they asked me my situation, and <clears throat> I just sort of broke, broke then and there in front of them, like so. They said, Look, come up for a chat and we'll try and help you out and tell us, tell us your situation. So I did, and only for them people there. I don't know where I would have been. Well, you were contemplating self-harm and suicide, weren't you? Well, as every alcoholic, no one's sort of nailed them thoughts are not too far behind you every day and every week, either way, you know, that type of way. But sometimes they get to a degree where uh, you can't even think straight, you know. But yeah, as I say, I went up to um, the Simon community there and them people in that community, they don't get enough praise for what they do. They're they're human angels. They, they, They took me in and uh, they took me in and I got shelter I got food I got time to get my head straight I was able to talk talk to people and I think that was that was like the final the final sort of straw really you know like when you it, you know you hit rock bottom when you're walking around Cork City picking up five books off the street to try and have a smoke you know that type of way had you no income when you were on the streets no, nothing coming in um, no, nothing coming in, Neil. No, to be honest, no. So, did that mean you had to, as fellas says, beg for money? No, I never, I never resorted to begging. It was mainly um, getting loans off friends and stuff okay. like that type of way. You know, you know, you know, when you were in the tent, because I visited that site um, some time back and met some of the people that were um, living in tents. That was their home. But when you're in the tent with others. Do do you talk to each other and share each other's life stories and how you ended up there? I mean, did you have conversations yeah. with other people like you in that tent? I did, yeah, yeah, yeah. Some can you share any of those without giving away any personal 
information, but like what kind well, of conversations? Well, like to be honest, Neil, like a lot of people have cliches for people who end up on the street that it's drink, drugs, this thing and that thing. Some of it is, but some of it is just very, very hard times, very, very mental problems and people people just need help and they don't know how to get it or they pushed it away or they didn't want it at the time and then it's just facing away, they ended up on the streets but then they try and get themselves out of it but it's, it's very hard when you end up on the streets to get yourself back off the streets. But they say things to you that I had a great life, I had a happy childhood, I, you know, had a, oh, yeah. a relationship, I yeah, have children all, kind of thing. All reminiscing, yeah, like, like there's a lot of people on the streets that have kids that have come from a happy relationship and we, people people start to sleep with a bit of regret. It's always there in the back of your mind that you your own demon and that you you effed it up yourself. You know that type of. Way. Um, you were also sleeping in Fitzgerald's Park. It's more it's more adjacent to the Mardike, really, isn't it? Just by the footbridge, aren't I right? Yeah, like like when I say like Neil, I wasn't on the streets now for months or years or anyway, just a couple of weeks. But um, I tell you one thing, one, one day, one week on the streets feels like a year. Yeah, but that, you were in around Mardike Walk, weren't you? That's where... That's, um, yeah, downtown in old, Fitzgerald's Park, yeah. That's where poor old Timmy Horahan was, uh, was murdered. Yeah, yeah. He was also in a tent in that area. Yeah. So, um, Simon reached out to you in the tent, gave you somewhere... To live, did they? What what did they give you? Was it a, was it a, a, the, the night shelter, or did you get your own place, or what? Oh no, it was just it was just in the shelter there okay. down in Anderson's Key, you know. But like, um, it was three meals a day, people there to talk to, not walking around the streets in a bad mental way. It was like it was it was more of a, a I would just say a, a savings, you know. Okay, okay. And did you stop drinking then? Yeah, when I come out. Um, I saved up a bit of money and I stayed in a few hostels, went back to work, got my, got a room, this type of that thing. And then I just, I couldn't go back to the way I was. So I, so I just stopped like really, you know. Okay. And any improvement in the, in the on the family home front for you? Well, I suppose like sometimes when you, uh, when you destroy something so much that, uh, sometimes you can never go back to the same way it was and you just have to live with that and try and make the best as you go along, you know, and try and change. But maybe, maybe someday maybe. in the future there'll be improvement, but, you know, you just, you gotta, you gotta, when you do the, the crime, you gotta serve the time, you know, All that right. type of way. Okay, well, I wish you the oh. best and hope I'm up. Well, let's, like, be, let's be optimistic, why, yeah. You're be honest, four months sober now, but the reason of this call initially was about drinking so during want, this lockdown. I, yeah, it's just like, if there's if there's a man out there now today and he's having hard times with the COVID and pandemic and his job is after going or whatever and he feels like that he wants to go in and get a drink, just just don't just don't go to the off license on a, a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday or Thursday during the day. Don't buy them cans at eleven o'clock in the morning. Don't don't end up losing everything that you love and that you worship for the sake of the drink. Just 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 take two minutes out, just think about the future, just Give your partner a hug and give your kids a hug and just just stop, man. Because before you know it, in the blink of an eye, it can be all gone. You know that type of way. I'm interested then, that you then, say you say men because because it also is an issue for women, as as you well know. You know, it's, oh, uh, I understand that, but like I'm <laughs> I'm not a woman, so I can't really I know, give a, give a woman's opinion. Like, but it's just like men 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 drink 
it, men have always been associated with going to the pub and going to the pub after work or if it's a wet day on the building sites, you go to the pub and I know women are after coming up in the world drinking excessively and all that but I'm, I'm just I, if there's a man out there this morning and he was in the same predicament as me just just listen just listen and uh, just stop just basically because before you know it you'll end up with a pain that's different than the alcohol but it's a pain that will never leave you you know because uh, uh. that's the way it is my so man, you would, you know? you, you're in a much better place now and you need to stay in that place through lockdown but I suppose if you, your time over again not you can not that you can ever do that you would do Every, things entirely differently and that's the warning you'd like to give people yeah man everybody wishes for a time machine that they could go back and change the past every day is hard Neil even in the shop last night when I went to buy cigarettes in the shop I walked past the cans being sold in the shop and I stood there and I looked at them and it's like now I'm at the stage where I can walk past them but it's still hard it still never leaves you you, all, you know that you have a monster inside you and all it takes is five minutes to let that monster out and boom, then you're back to the way it was, probably even worse, you know, that type of way. I know, I know. And do you have an opinion then on whether or not off-licenses or supermarket aisles should be selling alcohol throughout the next six weeks or so? Well, like, for a fella like me now, Neil, I used to love going to the off-license, one of their best customers and all this. I, I do have an opinion. Some people mightn't agree with me, some people would, but I reckon... Ban alcohol. With the pubs closed, may as well close the off license as well from at least Monday to Thursday. Open them up on a Thursday afternoon so people, if they want their own choice, can have their drink the weekend after work or whatever. But we don't need to be, we, we get rid of it from Monday to Thursday while this pandemic, while the six weeks lockdown is on. Because after this, we're going into Christmas. People might go down the same road as I went down during the six weeks and then their Christmas is gone, their family is gone. It, it's a temptation there for some people now because they're out of work, they're at home, they have a payment, they have this, they have mm. that, they're doing nothing mm. and they've, all, they've always liked the beer the weekends and now they'll start going and buying cans on the Monday at 12 or 1 o'clock and next thing you know they're half steamed by 4 or 5 o'clock and then they're arguing and it's just to even try it for two weeks or something just just try and give people a chance because alcohol issue in this country is major man and it's it's destroying it's it's destroying a lot of things so like what's the harm in trying you know and I know a lot of off-license owners and business people wouldn't agree with me and they're struggling but you know life is life man you know what I mean like that's the way I see it you know and listen uh, and also I suppose you also have to live with maybe the damage or the hurt or the consequences <sighs> Because it'll be hard for those that love you uh, and that you lived with to unremember the last six or 12 months, you know? Yeah, man, like, well, when you become clean and sober and all that and then you go in and start trying to rebuild or you live your life again, you have to remember that these people, they'll never forget the hurts and they're probably hurting a bit more than you, you know, that type of way, but... It is. It is what it is. Type of thing, you know. You yeah. know, you can't change what's done. You know that way. You're in a. You're in a. You're in a great place now. Long may it last for you. Yeah. Well. Yeah. You know. It's just you got to do what you got to do. You yeah. know, and just keep going. You know. Okay. All right. Stay in touch, Michael. I hope things continue to improve for you on all fronts. All right. 
Nice one, Neil. Uh, you Thank have you. a good day and thanks very much. Cheers, my friend. Lines uh, open at one 850 You can text 86 Call the Neil Prenderville Show now. 1850 Red FM. Incidentally, yesterday morning we were talking with uh, a chap who's, uh, I think it was his grandmother, was very unwell and they were expecting her to pass away at some stage this week and he couldn't understand why uh, 25 people could go to a wedding and only 10 could go to a funeral. Well, when they sat down and thought about it yesterday um, and maybe calls like yesterday morning helped them to reverse that decision and it has been reversed 25 at a funeral, 25 at a wedding. So that isn't to say that they wouldn't think again with regards to gyms if there's enough pressure on it. Mind you, not everybody texting me agrees with regards to gyms. I'd say it's about I'd say it's about 70-30 at this stage but 30% of people so far are saying no way, no way, there'd be a hotbed, a hotbed, even one-on-one even one-on-one where there would be a system whereby in person, in one person will go in, sanitize and clean, out, next person, and so on and so forth. So keep those texts coming. Pick up the phone on one 106 Fair play to Michael for his openness. I'm a recovering alcoholic too, and I can relate, relate to every part of his story, says Tony. Morning, I'm currently in St. Patrick's Mental Hospital with alcohol addiction problems, and I can tell the place is full of people, men and women, all affected by lockdown, mental health problems. And this is just going to get a lot worse before before any virus. Uh, sorry, can't come on the phone for obvious reasons in hospital. Well, thank you for listening, and I wish you well on your recovery. So, um, you know, it's just a, an observation we're making with the way things were last time. I wonder, have we learned an awful lot more uh, since March and April with regards to how we conduct ourselves during uh, the next six weeks or again I'm thinking that maybe it might even be shorter than, than six weeks as we try and accentuate the positive. Lines are open at one 106 We're back after 10. By the way, Westside Gyms in Dublin were on uh, Ireland AM this morning on Virgin Media and they, they're not closing, they're refusing to close. It was on the TV this morning, Westside Gyms in Dublin. Any gyms in Cork uh, thinking of doing the same? And an interesting observation, I said, you know, it's about 70-30 with regards to the gyms, 30% of the texts I'm seeing are very much against it for hotbed reasons. But somebody says, yeah, they're only the fat, lazy people who will say, close the gyms, but leave McDonald's open. Text 0868104106, back after 10. Okay, I'm sitting here writing to this email after bathing, putting my one-year-old to bed after a stressful day, wondering how I'm going to keep my eight-year-old coffee shop business going. Uh, How am I going to pay my staff, whether I'll be able to keep them all in a job And after just reading that the Minister for Finance has said that even after this six-week lockdown, we will still be coming out at best level three, which for me is coming out to zero change as a cafe owner. Still, only takeaway. Stressed, exhausted and feeling hopeless, and I'm sure I'm one of many. I do not claim to know all the facts and figures, but what I do know and I am certain of is this. I do know of people in my locality that have had or have either have had or currently have COVID-19. I do know that of these people, none have been hospitalized or have had any serious symptoms. I know in my locality, no one has died or is related to anyone that has died from COVID-19. However, uh, I know many who have cancer or who have died from cancer. I know many who have taken their own lives or may who have di- may have died in car accidents. I know many who are suffering from depression, mental, mental illnesses, who have crippling anxiety, autoimmune diseases. I know many women who have suffered miscarriages and stillbirths, including myself. My point is, cancer is the big killer in the world, and we're not shutting down countries to find a cure for it. We're not stopping people from driving cars to prevent road deaths. 
The minute you step out of your house every morning, there's a risk you could die. Why is this virus the one that is to shut down the country? Who decided that this was what the world would focus on, albeit there are more deaths worldwide, for instance, from hunger? As a coffee shop owner, I get a sense of public opinion every day from talking to customers. And today, not one person agreed with this lockdown. And most joked how we'll be back to square one after Christmas again. So therefore, this will not work. We're expected to lock down because Neffet and the government are very worried. Yet they they fail over and over again to fully inform the public with clear, transparent facts by spouting out numbers of cases, numbers of deaths every night. How many of the deaths had underlying conditions? How many were overweight? How many were diabetic? What age was each person? What if we called out how many are diagnosed or have died of cancer every night, for example? And the media should facilitate more debate, give people a clear picture of what's happening from all perspectives. There are many scientists and doctors, you know, that are anti-lockdown. They're not being heard enough in the mainstream media. Uh, it's just because the government is telling us what it, what it, uh, what it wants us to hear. Uh, I literally could go on and on. Sorry for my rambling, but please... Talk to more people, more scientists, more doctors and others with viewpoints that are not just pro-government. No one is asking hard questions. There are 34 people in ICU beds, 34 out of a population of nearly 5 million people. And this is something they're worried about. The whole of the country is stressed. We're giving up our lives for inadequate health services locking and locking down so the government has more time to make up nonsense rules. Maybe if they were all forced in government onto a COVID payment, their opinions may change. Sorry for the rant. I hope you get to read this out. And there you have it. And that was sent to me last night from somebody at night at their wits end, emailing Neil at uh, redfm.ie. Because you are right. Um, level three uh, for many people in the services industry, for hotels and for restaurants and cafes uh, and pubs and what have you, um, will make very, very little difference at the end of the day. Um, and then... You may recall that we've been talking of late about uh, the family courts. And I had to, you know, bear in mind you have to be very careful when you talk about family courts when, when children were involved. But um, a dad wanted to pick up on a conversation that I had on the 15th of the month with regards to split households um, and uh, relationships that break down where there are children involved. And he says, I just wanted to share a brief outline of my own circumstances. I have to say I was annoyed hearing the woman uh, who had originally texted your show saying it will be an excuse now for fathers not to see their children. The argument is always unbalanced and I think there is more of an equilibrium between fathers who torment their ex and vice versa. Um, I think what he's saying is that we need to hear more from both sides who, you know, when relationships break down. He says, I've seen so many men distraught and not sure where to turn when the mother decides she will stop the children going to dad for safety concerns. The Gardaí ignore men when women break the court rules or access, but they do take action when men break court orders regarding maintenance. I would like to actually know the figures of men who were sent to jail and the figures of women who were sent to jail for breaking different court orders. Uh, my story, um, I will keep brief so as not to be recognized. Um, at, uh, at a stage, I was getting along with my ex, but the boundaries were always being overstepped regarding jobs in our house that needed to be done. Uh, And I would do them to keep the peace. When I eventually got sick of this and said no, well, the avalanche of abuse started all over again, being called a waster, despite being in a job all my life. 
and only being on the dole once for a six-month period in 2008. So being called a waster, an aggressor, a troublemaker, a weekend daddy. These were the names I was called. Anything that would cause hurt and cause me to procrastinate as to whether it might be actually true. I finally come out the other side and realize the only way to deal with an ex is to treat her like a business arrangement and remove all personal dealings. There is the odd flare-up now. It's a pity, as the children are always the ones to suffer in the end, and I'm very conscious of this. I tried to do it amicably when we split and agreed to maintenance on her terms, access on her terms, pick up and drop off on her terms, as I figured as the kids got older, uh, it would stand to them and that there was not much uh, friction to be seen between mam and dad would be a healthy thing. Over the last year and a half, I realized that this was just a hopeful dream. I would get phone calls from the ex trying to get me to sort out her problems, her disputes, fallouts with other people. And when I refused, I was told, what kind of a man are you going to be in front of your children for them to look up to? Anyway, fast forward to the first lockdown. and I was told I would not be seeing my children and I can video call them, uh, which they had no interest in. Got on to my solicitor who sent letters, but they were all ignored. Sent, uh, I, I sent the government guidelines that were sent to all solicitors, and that was ignored. I emailed Michal Martin, Charlie Flanagan, Leo Varadkar to plead with them when they were doing public engagements on television to specifically mention access arrangements are to remain in place and access arrangements are not to be stopped. I got a reply from Charlie Flanagan's secretary saying the provision was there. I got a reply from Michal Martin's secretary saying that access should not be stopped and that it would be raised with Michal Martin. Nothing happened. I got no response whatsoever from Leo Varadkar. Uh, now we're in this position again, and I heard nothing specified in Michal Martin's speech on Monday night. It's like something the politicians are terrified to touch. Maintenance and access needs to continue over lockdown. I spoke to my solicitor about getting everything, uh, getting everything court ordered. And when the solicitor said it would be the proper thing to do, my ex can still stop it. And I'd be pretty much powerless to stop it. The solicitor said there are thousands of men in your position with court orders and nothing can be done. I was even told there was a judge who agreed with not mixing households or access. I could get unlucky. I could get that judge. Anyway, it's extremely frustrating. There will be damage done to mental health. The fathers and children will also suffer. The mothers will never suffer. It took about two months for my children to be comfortable in my house again after the last lockdown ended. And now I fear that it will all start again. And I will possibly have to endure two months and even Christmas without seeing my kids. I've never missed a maintenance payment, but over being very open and willing to pay what was demanded, now I'm being threatened with a court summons for maintenance as more is now being sought on top of what I already pay. With my whole experience, I can now see why certain fathers would not give an inch to the mother, and I often wondered why that was. They were driven to it. There was loads of other verbal abuse, manipulation, but I won't go into the detail on that. The women on your show who portrayed deadbeat fathers should also realize there are deadbeat mothers who would do anything to damage the father. It's one of the reasons I deleted all social media, because I saw those same mothers posting suicide awareness and mental health posts, and that was just utter hypocrisy. Um, I wanted to highlight this. There will be serious issues with this lockdown, and it could be enough to tip some dads over the edge. And that by email to neil at redfm.ie. Back after the break. 
The Neil Prenderville Show on Twitter at Neil Red FM. I feel your pain if you're a dog groomer or a pet groomer. I do feel your pain. Sarah says, I have my own dog grooming business, but any idea who we can get on for clarification? If dog grooming is classed as an essential service, uh, we can't get a definite answer. Even our insurance company can't give us a definite answer because of level five. It's a gray area. We come under welfare animal welfare, which means every dog should be matted and cut short. Otherwise, it's not technically a welfare issue. I was told to contact the relevant authorities, but again, nobody will give a straight answer, yes or no. TDs can't even give a straight answer. Frustrating. If I could get an answer, I figured it would be you. Sarah, I'm as confused about you. Uh, like, I'm just as confused as you are. Kate says, I'm a pet groomer. I'm not closing this time. The state of the poor dogs after last lockdown was absolutely heartbreaking. Not to mind the amount of people that injured their own dogs trying to groom them at home. I groom alone and nobody comes into my salon. It's one-on-one. I wear my PPE. Clients drop and collect wearing their masks. It's literally a minute conversation as all the clients are regular clients. It's not open to the public so nobody can just walk into my salon in the middle of the country, uh, says Kate, who says she will not be closing this time around. Um, I thought, there's no enforceable law, actually, to tell you that you have to close or you'll be jailed or fined. Not to the best of my knowledge. But um, in spite of asking and Googling and checking gov.ie and checking um, HSE guidelines and, you know, talking to politicians and TDs, I can't get a straight yes or no. I'm inclined, I'm inclined to think, I'm inclined to think that under uh, the guidelines um, for Midnight Tonight, dog grooming businesses um, are being asked to close, but that's just my own interpretation of it. That that dog that dog grooming would not be deemed as animal welfare. Um, anyway, it's Kate who says she won't close. Kate, good morning. Hi, Neil. No, I'm absolutely. I, I I'm totally refusing to close this time. Um, we have tried everything. We've emailed TDs. Um, different um, the journal.ie just 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 anywhere literally that we can just see just try to get there's a section that says agriculture horticulture forestry fishing animal welfare and related services and there's a yeah. list of them and they talk and about farming um crop and animal production fishing for agri- commercial purposes uh horticulture forestry veterinary Animal welfare and related services. Like, and, we spoke yeah, to a vet this morning who said that as far as the vets are concerned, dog groom- groomers have to close. But m- animal welfare might be the section where you could stay open. Yeah, animal welfare, totally. And I mean, animal welfare is not is not just severely massive um, dogs. Animal welfare is their nails. It's dogs that are used to their regular grooming. It's keeping dogs comfortable the way that they live every other... But why would it, why would a dog allowed to be groomed when a hairdresser has to close? We're not in close contact with people. You're... Oh, it's the dog, yeah. yeah. And yeah. Is, isn't it true that there was an awful lot of injury done when people tried to cut their own dog's nails? Don't their nails have veins in them? They do, yeah, they do need, and not only just, not only just that, I mean, but there was, there was ear injuries, there was tongues cut. You're joking me. Oh yeah, 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 it was absolutely crazy, it was horrendous. The old dog would, the dog would stick his or her tongue, his or her tongue out like they do. Yeah. Yeah, and like snip. you do when people are trying to cross around the, 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 the dog's faces themselves and next thing they snip the dog's tongue as well. Then they're off to the vet. And then they're off to the vet. 
Okay, are you any, are you any, I know that there's a gym in Dublin, a gym in Dublin that's refusing to close. Do you think there are other groomers like you who are just going to open up tomorrow morning? Yeah. How you know this? Because I would be on a group with a lot of groomers in Ireland. And are, are you confident that you're not breaking a guideline? Or do you care? Do you know what, Neil? Um, no, I'm confident that I'm actually not breaking any guidelines. Who could answer this question? I mean, like, it's... No, no, I don't know. I have TDs that I have... I, they're most of the TDs in Cork, they know my name well. Okay, so you're not expecting a visit from... Who'd visit anyway? The guards would hardly visit you. Like, it's not an enforceable law, sure, is that? No, it's not an enforceable law. Absolutely, Cap- no. And Neil, I swear, the condition of the dogs after the last lockdown was absolutely horrendous. I mean, we're trained to handle dogs. We know how to handle dogs safely. Then, the other side of it, the amount of groomers that were opened last time, that wouldn't be registered, or, or have insurance. Oh, is there a kind of a grey, is there a dodgy side to that industry, a grey area? Uh, absolutely, the very same as the, as, as, as the, the, hair, the, the hairdressing industry and the, beauty, uh, and the beauty industry. You think they're just, wor- some of them are just working for cash and off they go? Uh, Absolutely, yeah. Okay, all right. All right, let's see if we can talk to other groomers in a similar scenario. I know that the hairdressers are livid about it as well, you know, because they say that they're highly sanitized and taking every single precaution necessary. Let me know how you get on in the coming days, Kate, will you? I will, of course, Neil. Okay. um, And thank you really, Neil, for airing this because, you know, it really is. I know for some people... They're just well, dogs, but for more people... What I want to get is, I want to get clarity on it as to what yeah. animal welfare means and whether groomers fall under that category. Thanks, Kate. Cheers for now. Thank okay, you. and I know that there, there are, you know, hairdressers who are up in arms and some of them may well work on the on the QT and uh, beauticians are very annoyed as well because we're hearing stories of beauticians who are also saying that they are f- refusing to close. There's a lot more pushback this time around than there was in March or April. Um, a bit of happy news for you. Just got a text from a buddy of mine downtown saying that the Christmas lights are going up on Patrick Street. The Christmas lights are going up on Patrick Street. He's usually very reliable, so why would I doubt him? But from Christmas lights to Christmas music, Christine, good morning. Hi, Neil, how are you? You're in the Kilkenny shop in Douglas. Where is that? It's right next door to Ethan's. All right. Oh, in the centre yeah, there, in Douglas Court. Yeah, in, in Dunstore Dun Centre, yeah. And I hear that you've been very very brave. Why? What are you doing? Well, we started Christmas music yesterday because, as you know, we have all our Christmas stock in and then we got the bad news Monday night that we were closing. So we thought, you know something, we have the Christmas stock, people are buying their Christmas presents and normally in and around Christmas, like the month of December, we would be full of Christmas and music and we said you know something we do it and the response has been absolutely amazing in all the shops okay so people walk in how do they react they kind of give us a look at first and then you can kind of see the heads bopping around and (laughs) you know the the sing along and the and then of course we're doing it as well because you know we're devastated that we have to close but uh, it's nice to kind of feel the kind of Christmas feel because obviously we'll come back in December but been out for six weeks is going to be, and it's it's hard morale on the staff. As well, I you know? know, I know. It's kind of it's, bi- it's bitter sweet. Like anybody coming in and saying, "Are you serious?" 
It's yes, October. Yes. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. You will get one or two, but the majority of people have been absolutely fantastic, you know. And we have a sale on as well. There's a massive sale on. We've click and collect. We have online. So, you know, the company has really thrown everything at it. And as you know, it's family run as well. Yeah. You know, Gorman is the owner. Yeah. So um, we have massive support from them as well, you know. You think, you, think that, you think that radio stations should start playing Christmas music? I am not giving you the okay to do that now. <laughs> I have, I have two here. I have two here in front of me. I have. Do they know it's Christmas by Band Aid? Then oh, Happy Christmas God. by John Lennon and Yoko Ono. Oh, and I'm, God. I'm a click. Away, I'm a click away. Don't, Neil. Don't. I'd be murdered. I'll be killed. I'll be in the office for the day. I won't be able to go out on the floor for the whole day, and then I'll get fired. Oh, so it's okay for you then, is it? But it's not okay for me. Huh. No, not you. You have way more people listening to you now than they have. I have someone in here to the shop. All right. Well, listen, if anybody wants to go and hear a Christmas song for now, the Kenny Shop in Douglas Court Shopping Centre today, before you yeah. close for a few weeks tonight, are playing every third song a Christmas song, is it? That's it. And if they come in and if they say that to us, we'll give them a round of applause. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All the best. And Brenda said to say a massive happy Christmas to you from all at Kilkenny. Lovely stuff. Thanks so Thanks much. Thanks for me night. Cheers. Happy Christmas to you too. Text the Neil Prenderville Show now. 086-8104-106. Red FM. Okay, I prefer to stay anonymous, but I work in a gym and it is not mandatory to wear masks there, so no one does. This puts people who work there at risk. I'm terrified going into work every day. The gym is not cleaned regularly because we're understaffed. I understand that a lot of people's mental health will suffer from this. We are living in such sad times at the moment. However, people help their mental health in other ways too, through other businesses too, such as going out to a coffee shop with a friend, going to a salon to make themselves feel good. How would it be fair to open one place like us and not the others? If everywhere were to stay open, we will not get the number of cases down and we'll be in an even longer period of lockdown, making it even harder for people with mental health issues. Thank you for that. The one aspect of that that I honed in on actually was that perhaps there are some gyms that aren't cleaning. They claim that they are, but they're not actually doing it. The last lockdown, I hired a spin bike from Fitness Works and it saved me. I found myself working out even harder throughout the Zoom classes from home, says Joan. Um, and uh, on Instagram, there's one of the best spin instructors ever. And I can tell you, uh, after some dark days, she got me through it. And she will this time too. Uh, thank you for that, Joan. Absolutely no way should the gyms be opened. You can easily work out anywhere you want. Run a few miles a day or lift a bag of spuds up and down. You could buy your own weights and your own little dumbbells and stuff, I suppose. Anyway, buy, uh, lift a bag of spuds up and down um, at home. Um, do it safely. It's actually the one business that actually can be done anywhere. It's six bloody weeks. Get over it. So keep those coming. Text 0868104106. Pick up the phone on 1850104106. And I'll come back to that throughout the course of the morning. Big response to Linda, who was very angry as a woman who goes out to work every day and also rears a family at the same time with those people that don't uh, and can still find, because they have time on their hands, they can queue outside the likes of Smith's Toys or swan around um, uh, pennies and what have you uh, when other women are out working for a living. That was the gist of our conversation. I want to come back to those uh, responses. There's some emails and texts on that. But before the morning gets away with me, it was devastating in Cork yesterday. It really and truly was. I headed into town yesterday. By the time I got in, 
the waters had receded. The majority of businesses, particularly around Oliver Plunkett Street and the, the, the streets off it, got to reopen. Not everyone. Many people had sandbags. Some had the actual flood barriers, like, for instance, 66 South Mall had the poshest looking barriers you could think of. Uh, um, you know, protecting all of their doors. I think they're very, very effective. You can get them up in time. Local civil defense was out given. I imagine there was some kind of a, like a duvet blanket, probably too late in hindsight. But I imagine that they, when they fill up with water, they probably turn into bulky uh, flood blockers, I imagine. Uh, but most of the business, you could see uh, where the water had been because there was an awful lot of, uh, uh, you know, like uh, leaves, twigs, Litter that had been, and at one stage there was videos doing the rounds yesterday of beer kegs floating down the street. I mean, you're talking about a foot, foot and a half in some places, two feet of water. It was very, very bad. By the time I got back in, of course, it had all abated. In fact, the river was really, really low around about a quarter to two, two o'clock yesterday afternoon. But there was a good buzz around town, I have to say. There, there was a good vibe. You know, I mean, it could have been busier. I thought it would have been considering, you know, the clock was ticking on many businesses closing. Uh, popped into Unida, um, the record and bookshop on Oliver Blunkett Street, and they're having a sale and a good browse through the vinyl there. Uh, hooked, met a couple of publicans, was chatting with Monty on Oliver Blunkett Street for a while as to the state of play. Uh, so it's good to get into town for an old look around and do a bit of shopping for the amount of time that's left. And when you can't do that, don't forget CorkCityShopping.com. CorkCityShopping.com. Fiona O'Donovan from the Red FM newsroom was also in town yesterday. And she got there much earlier than I'd ever did, uh, witnessing a lot of the flooding herself. And she put together a Vox from She was chatting primarily uh, with the business owners on Oliver Plunkett Street and Princess Street. Well, to be honest with you, I've been up since six o'clock watching the, the CCTV on the cameras just to see what was going, was it, was it happening, you know, and it was fine until about 8.20 and it just seemed to just take off from there and it flooded pretty quickly. There was little or no time to do anything. Well, we're quite damaged. We're, we won't see the full uh, uh, effects of it until we have all the water drained out, but as the, as the water is subsiding through the city, uh, it'll drain out from the, the shop as it is currently doing. It's very hard. It's like I've just put on Instagram, roll on 2021 because I think we've all had enough, really. It, can't, it doesn't look like it can get any worse. You know, the one thing I always like about being in business in Cork City is you look around and you see faces of other business owners and we're all in it together. And, you know, people are very, uh, there's a lot of camaraderie in the city and that is one thing that, you know, makes it all worthwhile, really. And, and you know, people, who clients who are walking past and wishing us well and can they help and people on Instagram sending us messages, could they come in, you know, and help even. So it's, it's really, really great. We've only been in business uh, for the past three years and this is the first time that we've actually witnessed uh, flooding on Oliver Blanca Street for us. Now, there has always been kind of warnings here and there that there's flooding and the high tides and whatever, but it's never affected us until today. So I, I just wondered, what was the extra factor in today's flooding? Do you know what I mean? What, what actually was uh, the, the, the factor that, that businesses and the street got so badly flooded this time? Are there blocked drains? Are there, are there other you know, aspects of it, you know? Uh, we just woke up, came in, and the shop just flooded now from top to bottom really both front and back door like so just kind of clearing out the dirt now like really what about the stock uh, the stock actually isn't too bad a lot of stuff we had was like up probably above foot level like so it wasn't too bad but uh, yeah it's going to take time to clean this right what's morale like um, you know we just got to keep going I suppose like um, just you know get the last two days out of four to six week close it's obviously a pity that we're closed now 
I mean, this happened just after the announcement made last night. But um, <coughs> look, we'll try and get it open anyways as soon as we can, like, and uh, get business back on. As I'm standing in puddles, talking to you, and floods here in the middle of the city centre, and they're beginning to recede. But sure, it's awful disheartening to come into this this morning, and we thought we'd be able to trade away for the next 48 hours before we go into lockdown for the next six weeks, or certainly for the restrictions. So I suppose all we can be is hopeful and be patient. If we just get through all these difficult times. You know, more headaches for us to manage, really. Well, as you can see in the street, in terms of Princess Street and talking about the street, yes, a lot of our neighbours and ourselves, right up through our doors and our gutters and all outside our shop fronts have been, but for us internally in Clancy's, thankfully not. Uh, the building was raised years ago, so it, the water has come up right up the ramp on Princess Street and Marlborough Street, but thankfully it didn't come in across the main body of the bar, you know. People are flattened, you know, absolutely flattened. And, and look, in its own way, the way people are kind of be humorous too when they get on with it and maybe there's a false humor humor in that but sure people are just people are just fed up you know without me sounding too negative on it all but the reality is the reality isn't it like we just need support uh, for the city center for the businesses you know you know the save the lee and the wall and the barrier and all the flood issues that are required but even trading into the winter and trading through this pandemic and all the different supports and investments that can come into play. We're, we're looking for all the support and help that we can get. But we'll, you know, we're all in it together and we need to trade our way and support our way through this. There you go, a selection of business owners on Oliver Plunkett Street and Princess Street and some of the side streets uh, yesterday, Fiona Donovan was in town. But, you know, uh, nothing's going to change in the short term. And for those businesses, of course, the worry, every day is a worry for them because another flood is just around the corner, another high tide mixed with wind and uh, a lot of rain. Um, and it's inevitable that that, you know, unless things are done and done fast and some ideas to which is the better plan and get on with it. Uh, that there'll be more flooding to come. Um, and it's very, very sad for them at this time of the year because today the clock is ticking. And with the clock ticking uh, on retail, uh, apparently queues are forming. And I know I was talking about Smith's Toys and stuff like that earlier in the week and the back end of last week and people over the weekend. But apparently this morning, it seems to be pennies. Uh, and Liam Sheehan was in town, sent me a, a photograph of the queue around the corner for pennies to, in, to, uh, to my WhatsApp this morning. Liam, good morning. Morning, Neil. And as a mentalist and magician, you can't magically make them disappear. But can you blame them for queuing? I mean, what did you see? No, I can't, Neil, really. Do you know what? There's a great sense of uh, atmosphere today of just busy, busy inside and town today. Uh, as come, uh, like yesterday was like doomsday inside yeah. the city. And but people stayed away like, yesterday because of the weather. Stayed yeah. away. And there's a lot more activity in the city this morning. And you can't blame people. I'm sure everybody wants to buy their tracksuit pants and tops to get out uh, walking for the next six weeks. So you really can't blame anybody. You think, yeah, they'd have all, you think they'd have all that stuff bought? Well, you would. I thought that as well. Like, I mean, last day queues. And, like, the queue was right down from Patrick Street all the way down to Alabama Street. And I passed it, I'd say, 20 minutes ago. And I came back about five minutes ago, and the queue was just as long. So there's a huge amount of people trying to get into the pennies to buy whatever they're buying inside there, you know? Actually, yesterday afternoon... Things got back to normal and the city was, there was a bit of a buzz, but no queues anywhere. It would have been a great opportunity for people to beat the queues yesterday afternoon, but they didn't. Yeah, yeah. But obviously, they're, they're, you know, as I said, town is busy and there's queues starting to build everywhere, you know. So it's, it's kind of uh, panic by now, I think, at this stage, you know, because from today on, everything is going to be locked down. And 
I just think people want to get out. I was actually just looking at something there, a lovely sight actually, a man sitting uh, outside a bar having his uh, pint of Bulmers with his dog on the seat. Uh, just a lovely sight. <laughs> he's sitting down there reading the paper with his dog, having the last pint. So he's having the last long goodbye. The last long goodbye. Do you know what I mean? It's a lovely sight, actually. The dog is just sitting there calmly and waiting. And in fairness, the photograph that you send me, people are separating from each other. In fairness, like they're doing all the right thing. They seem to have masks on and everything. So who can blame them? Who can blame them? Uh, they are. Yeah, they're actually. Yeah, everybody's wearing a mask. But I've noticed that if you went to any shop, everybody has a mask on them. Everybody is wearing a mask, which which is a good thing, you know. Well, legislation will be passed at some stage this week will make it illegal. You will be fined for not wearing a mask indoors. You know? Yeah, and rightly so. I, I'm definitely uh, in agreement with all these fines, to be honest with you. How are you bearing up anyway over the last six months or so? Because things must be a lot quieter. Yeah, no business, of course. But you know what? You have to keep those spirits up and out for a cycle and a motorbike ride and, you know, a little walk here and there. So it's grand. Yeah. Adapt. So adapt. Adapt, you must adapt, yeah. And, you know, I think the, the worst thing that you can do is sit down at home and watch TV or watch news, and which is totally depressing, no matter what channel you, you, you watch. But, yeah, you just have to adapt and get out, get out outdoors and that. And hopefully with the weather, we'll get better. It'll get people out more, you know, which All is right. good for everyone. Okay. You, weren't, you weren't tempted to join the, the Q and pennies yourself for some socks Absolutely and jocks or anything, no? No, I got all my jocks uh, earlier on. Here. <laughs> <laughs> okay. As always, well, thanks for being there for me. Appreciate right, it, Liam. Okay. Take care. Right, okay. See you Off soon. Off you go now. Cheers, Liam Sheehan by phone. Text 0868104106. Pick up the phone on 1850104106. How am I doing? I'm doing fine. Line 6. Sinead, good morning. Thanks for holding. Hi. Oh, hi. How are you? Oh, this is really this has really kicked off in the last 24 hours. Gyms, yay or nay? Your thoughts? Oh, my God. It's just a disgrace, Neil. I mean... As I was saying in my text there, like the new pandemic in Ireland is going to be mental health issues, you know. Um, I'm a fitness instructor myself, like as I was saying, I it's okay for me. I'll get through the next six weeks. I know how to train myself. I have a bit of gear out the back. I can motivate myself to go out into the cold air. I can train myself, you know. But like my big issue with all this is people suffering from mental health. So people, you know, it's, it's their escape. I mean, I go to a gym. I mean, it's the most sterile thing I've seen. Do you know? Hold on I mean, a second now. I got a text there a while ago now saying from a staff member in a gym who's petrified going to work for the last few months says the gym isn't being claim- cleaned. They claim it is, but it isn't. Oh, well, the one I go to is, you know, and I, I've no, I know people in other gyms and we've, we're all on the same page here. You know, like every job, is vulnerable at the moment. Every working place is vulnerable, Neil, you know. Um, but we can't all live in a box as well. You know, we have to look after ourselves. Um, you know, it's the elderly people, for example. A lot of elderly people go to the gyms. They have therapeutic exercises. They need to, you know, for their um, agility and stuff. They have recumbent bike. They might sit in that for half an hour. That's, that, that's their exercise. That's their way of trying to keep physically well. They can't use this five-kilometre... Um, distance that we've been kindly given, you know. Um, because they like, can't walk five kilometres. No, Jesus, no. They can walk I mean, half a kilometre, though. They can walk a couple of. Yeah, but I mean, like dark evenings, weather, weather. You know, um, slip, you know, it, 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 it doesn't. I know. Yesterday, yes. I mean, out of work y- for Christmas. You know, it's just it, it doesn't. Like some people say, oh, it's only six weeks. Yes, it's only six weeks. 
But I mean, I am on the page with the guys up in Dublin who said there's a gym in Dublin refusing to, to close. If I had a gym in Cork, I'd be refusing to close. They could come in, take me out, handcuff me. Freedom of speech, this is what our, our rights, our ancestors fought for. I don't know, Neil. I just Maybe gyms will just continue on the QT one-on-one. Maybe they will, very quietly below the Maybe. radar. I'm not saying that they should now. I I'm not going to be that reckless. But I you know, know that. I, I've, like, I've, I've, I've adhered to everything since March. I've done the ABC, the wash the hands, the distance, the masks. Okay? Most of Ireland has gone with the government. We've been patient, we've been loyal. But this is our country too. And we, they should listen to our opinion and our advice. Because we're not all wrong. We can all put this, like, show us a bit of positivity. Give us, a, give, give us something small back. Lads, look. We'll, we'll try the gym so but a positivity out there you know but not hey, a super on. gym now people sharing machines surely we are, are, we, are we talking about one on one no I, I'm actually talking about the general public gym I mean they're so well laid out but sure, Everyone like you, yeah, I mean, before and after. I'd be accused you know, now of being a puppet for the government and a puppet for Neffet, but you'd have people sweating you'd have people um, breathing heavily coughing um, okay. And you've got air particles. They particle. don't do that on the building site, and they don't do that in the school, no. Well, do they? Forgive me now, but in the super gyms, when would they be wearing masks as they're working out? You can't really wear masks. See, there they, they do have a mask on the building site, so. You know. Well, but it's a different scenario we're talking about. We're talking about mental health needs. This is the. It's not. It's not even about just going to the gym to go to the gym. There are people that are prescribed gyms for their mental health, and I know that for a fact. They are prescribed that as part of their medication. As an alternative to yes. antidepressants, an al- is it? As an alternative, yeah. Not, not, not even medicine. As an alternative to sitting down in a house on your own watching a telly. Endorphins of the brain. Do you know, it gets your body going. It releases that. It, it, gets, you on, it, it gets you on a right path for the day. They're taking it... They need to see the bigger picture here. It's not just for the sake of opening gyms because they want to go against the government. It's not like that. I'm passionate about it because I really have care about mental health. I mean, I offered there in the summer um, during the last lockdown to get a feel somewhere. I'll, f- I'll train people for free. No bother. We can social distance. Get out of the house. Mental health. Communicate. Yeah, but like you know? if people are just being asked to park gym membership or to park going to the yeah. gym for a few weeks, let's say it will be six weeks, although I yeah, we, we hope they won't. Yeah. Um, yeah. Surely that's not too much to ask when we're asking the elderly, elderly people in their in their seventies or eighties to relook at the amount of people they're going to be with now for the next six weeks. Like the the price they're paying is much harder and bigger than somebody not being able to go to the gym for a few weeks. Like no, like as I said, there there if we do our ABCs, which we're told to do, we're, we're on the right page. It is a virus. It's in our country, yes. There's no doubt about that. It has caused this, yes. It's not that I'm not compassionate to any of that. Yeah, but not the fifty uh, to 70,000 they told us was going to happen. Uh, I mean, we, you know, we, we, we dodged a serious bullet there. You know, people know an awful lot more about COVID. They're being treated differently in the hospital yeah, with it. We don't, need, not, yeah. we, we don't need as much of the, the ventilators as alternatives and ICU right. beds as we did as we thought but we did back in March. But this wouldn't be happening if our hospitals were able to cope with capacity that they're afraid of. They've had years to put this right. Now they're going to have a pandemic next year and it's, called, it's going to be called suicide, it's going to be called mental right, health yeah, issues. I know. 
we're going to have a new pandemic. That's what I'm passionate about. It's, as I said to you, it's not for the sake of mourning that the gyms are closed, you know. No, no, it's not that. It's about the bigger picture. People like, I know a lot of people. I, do, I think everyone has had a depressing day throughout this. Let's all face it, Neil. We've all had our bad days. I had a bad day yesterday. I went to the gym. I felt good after I came out. As I said, right, I'll get through the next six weeks. I personally will survive without the gym for the next six weeks because I know what to do, okay? But I'm talking about the bigger population. I'm on the, I'm on the page here for the elderly, the, the people with mental illness, you know, the people that have a body. You've, you've actually, without, without going into any detail, you were actually remarking earlier with the lads here about somebody in their 70s who's just started antidepressants. Are you saying My mother. My mum, yeah. yeah well, my mother at the age of 73, you know. And I adhered to this. She cocooned. We locked her down. I dropped her dinner to the door every Sunday. My dad has passed. He's not there. That's one example. What, how, how it's made her feel. Not being able to... And all my mother used to do was walk up to the shop in the day to get her a few bits and walk the dog around the block. And that was, you know... But she I, does I, know that she can do all of those things and she does oh, know yeah. that you oh, can... No. She does know I, that you can visit... Oh, jeez. Yeah, that's all sorted this time. Because, by God, I'm not doing what I did the last time. You know what I mean? And she said to me, like, she's doing her ABC. And she said, Sinead, I need that to keep me going. When I leave, like, I don't know how long more I have. Mm. You know, I'm pushing on. But I want to have happy memories for the rest of my days. Not kind of cocooned and locked up in here. And they don't understand it a lot, me. They get, get very frightened, you know. They, you know, I had to explain to her what she had to do. I had to explain to her what lockdown was properly. I had to explain to her what the virus was properly. And, you know, like, but they just hear bullet words and they just get terrified. And they overthink it and, they, and it absorbs into their brain. Yeah. And then this is what I was left with, you know. And, you know, I, a few other health issues, but I won't go into that. But okay. big, okay. my big thing here is mental health. Right, I can lift a bag of spuds there, as your man said, for the next six weeks. I have no bother doing that. I'm not moaning about me, per se. I'm, I'm, I'm on about more families at home this Christmas looking at their kids. I haven't got it this year. Do you know another lash of people that don't really need to be unemployed? There are ways around doing this clinically clean. You know, most gyms are very sterile. That's the first I've heard of that now. I'm not denying it. That girl works there. But if we all get on the same page, A, B, C, sanitise, distance, face mask, you know, a bit of positivity out of the government too, Neil. A bit let's, of see, let's see if there's know. a change of heart, although I doubt it on, I doubt it with regards to super gyms, I have to say, maybe one-on-ones. Well, maybe a compromise okay. in it, right? Me, let, me, let me halfway. Okay, let me talk to Dan something. and Nula, but thanks, Sinead. Look after your man. Right, Appreciate no it. Cheers. Nula, good morning. Hey Neil, how are you? Okay, I got a few minutes here. So, just you go to the gym in Ballincollig, is it? I do. Now, what I do mainly, or Neil, is I don't necessarily go to the gym. I go to the pool in the gym. But yeah, um, I was just saying to one of your researchers earlier, like I discovered it later on. I just discovered it this June. Go pretty much four or five times a week. Absolutely love the pool. But I meet older people in there as well. I'd be in my forties, and I was talking to Matt the other night, and he was just saying. Like another one, your caller said, said he's not going to be in a position to go walking. You know, it's dark, it's cold. He's also afraid of falling on leaves and things like that. And he's he he said he's really really going to miss it. The swim is it? You know, the swim and also the chats. I mean, we'd have little chats in the pool with people. People are walking in the pool, and people are obviously swimming in lanes. But like, there's a social element to it as well. You know, I've spoken to people who've said. 
both on the air and emails and texts from, say, particularly elderly people, some of them say, life isn't worth living if we're going to be living it like this. 100%. But listen, I'm only, look, I'm in my 40s. I said I only discovered it in June. I My first little boy, unfortunately, died a number of years ago unexpectedly. Yeah, and his 18th birthday is coming up um, in a couple of weeks. And I didn't know how I'd get through this year. And then I discovered the pool. And I was in the pool two nights ago. And I have to admit, I had a little cry in the pool because I'm going to miss it. I know, for a life and what could have been. I know, I know. Yeah, but also the resource for me. It's just to get me through every day. You don't need to be an older person. It's like your last caller said about mental health. I struggled to at times, especially this year, because it would have been Fionn's 18th birthday. And it's just that one little thing is going to the pool. Look, I get it. I know what the government are talking about and everything, but... Well, it's a healthier regime than reaching for a bottle of wine, I suppose. Oh, stop. Listen, 100%, 100%. And um, I don't know, I just think uh, someone else has said that there's going to be huge issues down the road, not just for older people, you know. But again, I'm in my 40s and I find, I don't know what I'm going to do now. Obviously, I can walk and go to the woods, but it's going to be a challenge. It's going to be a challenge, you know. Let me talk to Dan Nula. Thanks for taking thanks. my call. And, uh, no bother, thanks. Um, mind you, so. And happy birthday you. for Fionn, misfortune. Oh, thanks so much. Yeah. Thank you. All right, take that. care. Thank you. Dan, good morning. Hello. Dan, you, um, Hello. Live, you, you live alone? I do, yeah. Okay. I've been myself, you know. No, I, 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 and there's thousands, hundreds, maybe probably a couple of hundred thousand other pinchers in the country, yeah. right? Oh, no, no doubt. And, yeah. yeah, and why should we be locked in over the few? no. You see, the government, they got it all wrong for the mental health and the elderly. It's bad enough to be said, oh, you're locked in. You must stay in. Right? Yeah, but uh, let, let's be clear about this. You're not locked in and you mustn't stay in. There's nobody telling you you have to cocoon and just go into your back garden. None of that applies. Yes, that's okay. No, that's okay. I understand that, right? But you get couples there, they're in their 70s. They have a car outside the door, right? Yeah. Surely, but they got on. Might they be allowed to go to the beach, whether it's, say, you're living a cock, you'll be, you'll be able to drive down to the aisle or something? No. No, you, know? no, you can't. See what do that. I mean? And, 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 the reason that you could go outside of a five-kilometer spin would be if you were in an area where a supermarket to do a decent shop is further than five kilometers. Do you follow me? I do. Yeah, well, I know. But, but I can't. Like, you, I can't be saying to people, ah, if you want to go for a stroll on the beach, drive from Cork to Yall. I mean, you'll yeah, get fined for that. Yes, but you'll get an elderly couple there. What hell are they doing to anybody going along with a flask of tea and a couple, and a couple of sandwiches sitting out the car looking at the sea what, for mental health reasons? What is wrong with that? Do you know, to see young in the off licenses and the people coming in on flights, there's nothing about that. Yeah. Nothing. Yeah, yeah. Nothing whatsoever. That's where the problem is lying. Like if there were the to, celebration. Like, are you saying if they were to say, you, you, no, go to the beach for sure with a flask and a few sandwiches, but stay in your car kind of thing? Yes, yes, yeah. yes. What in the name of God is wrong with that? Because people would abuse it, you see. So you have to have one cap to fit all. No, 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 hang on a minute. For pensioners only. Not under 50s or under 60s. Pensioners only allowed out. Yeah. And Special dispensation, yeah, yeah. Yes, of course. Okay, how are you going to how are you going to be um, in the next six weeks if you're alone? Well, it's just difficult, I'll be honest with you. Very difficult. Because I'm a guy that likes to go to the beach and have and have a walk along the beach. Um, when this is the circumstances, I sit in the car. You know, I was down there. Um, I was down there on Black Rock Castle there during the last lockdown, and you know, a bang girl that came along to me. There was two of them. And actually, you know, there was one couple there. God love my and my wonderful. I think she was a nurse, and her, her boyfriend was sitting in the other car. And they had a table between them. Now they were both in their cars separate. 
Men der er ingen gær, det kan man langt sige, så der er ikke kristne to, hvor de don't have den alt det. You know, we just met up and we'll keep no distance from each other. We'll just end at a spartle table between the two doors. And, and, and their cups up on top of it. We have no business here, she said. And she says, girl, what are you? I, I, I'm a health worker. I, I, you're down here, she says. But she said, I'm, I'm, I'm distancing. Do you know, it was just cruel. Yeah, but that was, that was, a, what's the guard on about? There was a six foot rule then, or guideline. Yes, yeah. Well, I mean, say, but did they say anything? Did she, did she say anything to you? Yeah, she came to me then. And she says, uh, what, what are you doing here? I said, I'm coming up with my mental health. I said, just looking at the sea. And she said, where do you live? I only live about 500 yards away. But she said, you have no business down here. Go home. Do you know, I just, I just stunned. Do you know, talk about power trip. But you see, the pensioners are getting off the hammering in this. And there's no need of it. Mm-hmm. There's no need of that at all. None whatsoever. Will you bubble up with anyone? Are you aware of that bubble? Oh, look, I think the bubble's busted for a lot of us. No, but I mean, like, for with the, with with fam- other family. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So you won't I be, you yeah. won't be alone. I mean, I got, I got grandkids and that, like, you know, how's the situation there? Am I allowed to visit them? You are. See? You are. Yeah. And they're allowed to visit yeah. you, but nobody else, and they can't visit anybody else if if, if, they, if you're part of their bubble, you know what I mean? This is, this is it, you see. You become, this like, part of their family, so you're both in the one I household. As far as I'm concerned, now in other pensioners in the country, this is inhumane. It is totally, totally wrong. I can understand all the lockdowns and all that, but you know, for mental health reasons, for the elderly, we need it most. And you deserve, and people. you should be entitled to, as an example, take a flask of tea and a few sandwiches to sit in your yeah. car looking out to see. And, and, right. and leave, okay. it be a, leave it be a, leave it be a lesson for the younger. If you if I going to behave like the pensioners. You know, the lockdown will be lifted. But not otherwise, see. Right, you be. Thanks, Dan. Out of time for now. Text 0868104106. Back after 11. You're listening to the Emerald Award winning music station of the year, Cork's Red FM. And here's where we find ourselves at midday today, at midnight tonight, going into a uh, level five lockdown. And we need to try and be as positive as we can. And, you know, there's all of the whinging in the world isn't going to change it for now. I suppose what we could hope for is to get out of it faster. Um, than the six weeks that they're talking about uh, and to support local as best we can and mind each other. But we've been on a long journey uh, and uh, just in uh, a little while, I want to go back on our COVID journey as we have done as we move through different phases since March of this year. Uh, So uh, in about 10 or 15 minutes time, our COVID journey together since March as we look back at events um, and I want to play that for you um, and... uh, Get a couple of calls. And much of the other business, uh, we will come back and pick up on uh, in the morning. And I have some very good news as we head across the week. I'm sourcing at the moment some lovely giveaways for you to brighten up your times at home. Uh, yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Some of them will be food related, but that's all right. Everything in moderation. Like, for instance, Oak Fire Pizza have come up trumps yet again. Yet again. <laughs> with hundreds of large pizza vouchers. So more on that in the rest of the week. So well, there will be opportunities for us to um, to share and have some fun and spread a bit of love. Um, but anyway, so we're talking about shopping local and what have you, but uh, shopping safely as well for the last day that's in it. And with that in mind, just a quick call from Anita. Good morning. Good morning, Anita. Uh, did you? you see the photographs of the videos of the queues of pennies this morning right oh, around the block? I know, and you know, I, I, I don't blame them. It's a great shop, and I love it myself. But I had a major incident there on Friday evening. You're probably going to pennies not knowing what you want, do you? you just oh, you, you go in to buy a pair of socks, and you come out with 
after dropping 190 euros, 120 euros. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of I, I actually met you in there when you had that gold card there two years ago. Oh, we were buying people shopping for them, yeah. We must do that again, actually, yeah, when all this you, is you, over. You paid, you bought my grandchildren pajamas and slippers. <laughs> <laughs> Lovely so they, stuff. They now call you Uncle Neil. <laughs> people were chasing me around pennies. <laughs> That's right, they were chasing us and they were, they were all throwing stuff up on my bundle when I was walking up to the table. That was fun. Yeah. It was fun. Yeah. Anyway, we'll do that again, please, God. What did you see yeah. anyway? No, my story is pretty serious. It's very serious to me. Um, I was in the queue with my daughter and my two grandchildren on Friday night at approximately six o'clock. And um, the queue was up the lane. And um, as the queue progressed, we came onto the front of the shop and we stopped on our lane when the queue stopped. And with that, two lads were walking up the road and they decided to jump the queue and they went in behind myself and my daughter and my grandchildren. And the lady that was behind us was uh, older than me. I'm a grandmother myself, um, but she was a little bit older than me. And um, she didn't say anything to the lads that had went in front of her. So they had no masks on. And um, now these, these lads were two fine young lads. They weren't children. They were like 18, 19. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, to make a long story short, um, they, one of them bumped off my daughter um, when they were kind of fooling. And uh, my daughter turned around and she just put her hand up and said, lads, um, two metres, social distance, please respect it and put on your masks. And w- one of them turned and he said, uh, sorry, ma'am. And the two of them giggled and laughed. And one fella said to the other, um, uh, shall we have no masks like? And the other fella said, ah, look, sure, when you get up to the door, just tell him you have a heart condition and I'll tell him I have bad asthma. Oh, you overheard them with that kind of oh, banter. Oh, I heard him. My daughter heard him. My grandchildren heard him. They said this without... If they were proud and loud, if you put it, want to put yeah, it another yeah, way. Yeah, 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 brazen. Brazen. So anyway, I was fuming because I have very bad asthma. Um, my grandchild has even worse asthma. We were standing there with our masks on protecting everybody else and protecting them against us. Yeah, yeah. And in return, they couldn't, they couldn't return that favour to everybody else. But anyway, did you we say, went, you didn't say that to them, did you know? No, no, no. Okay. I kept my mouth shut because yeah. I said I was going to see what was going to happen at the door. Yeah. So there was only about five people in front of us. We went up anyway. He clicked us through. And I, my daughter took my grandchildren down a little bit and I stayed behind near the door after sanitizing my hands. I stood to the side of the door to see what was going you to happen. You wanted to observe the lads, yeah. Yes. Yeah. So the lads came up anyway and the security man said to the lads, lads, masks on. And one said to him, um, I don't wear any because I have a heart condition. And the other fellow said, and I can't wear them because I'm asthmatic. And he said, oh, okay, so right, lads, off you go. And he left him into the store without a bother, without a further question, without a do, without saying to them, lads, sorry, but you have to wear a mask. It's mandatory. The signs on the wall. Yeah, but um, it abuses for those that are asthmatic, you see, or do yeah. have underlying health conditions yeah. who aren't required. But that's been taken on face value and people I mean, being honest. I, I had to go for COVID test myself two weeks ago because I had an asthmatic attack. And because it was respiratory, I had to go for COVID okay. test, which thankfully was negative. Oh, good. And did you say anything to that security guard then after that? Carry on. As those two boys walked past me, the lady was next in and she said to him, she said, those two boys you just left in um, were laughing and joking because they ducked the queue in front of me and they were laughing and joking. And one fella said, should we have no masks? So I walked out then to 
back up this lady and yeah. tell her that I was in front of them and that I had heard them. And I said, I can't believe you left those two lads in. I said, everyone that I can see in this store, I said, has masks on them. And I said, you've not only jeopardized me and my grandchildren and my daughter's health, I said, you've, you've jeopardized everyone in the store, I said, including the staff. And this is how yeah, COVID spread. Yeah, but he didn't. Like, he, he took them as fat face value. But what did he do next? He didn't do anything next. He left them into the store. So he didn't call on the old walkie-talkie, <coughs> some other guy, no, to no, wheel these fellas out, no? Nothing. He'd done absolutely nothing. And when I challenged him on it, he said, it's not his job to police people wearing masks. So I said, why are you working as security? So I said, are you just security to count people in the No, shoplifters, I'd say. Or are you supposed to be? But he's on the door. I said, are you on the door? I said, to enforce COVID rules. And he said, no, that's not my job, he said. Yeah. I'm not. I'm not the law. Like you if can, they have you, no masks, that's you, not my problem. Like I don't even know why people even tolerate queue jumpers. They're the world's worst people to yeah. jump queues. But well, I'll be honest with you now, they wouldn't have jumped in front of me. Yeah. I would not tolerate them either. But because they were behind me, I couldn't say anything. But anyway, um, I said to the, the man, I said, um, I can't believe you left him in. I said, you've jeopardized everybody inside in the store. I said, the, everything they'll touch, I said... Um, they could be passing COVID to somebody. He says, how do you know they have COVID? So I went back with the reply of, how do you know they don't have COVID? To which he replied, well, if you don't want to shop in the store, you know how to come out. But so on no occasion did he say, okay, we'll get another security guard to ask them to leave, which is what he should have done, actually. he done absolutely nothing. He let them walk freely in around the store. Yeah. Margaret and Musgrave Estate called to say the two young fellas going around the filling station in Ballincollig the other night with no masks on, not a care in the world, are they acting like proper thugs? And it's being, it's because they act like thugs, the people are slow to take them on, I suppose. Uh, well, no, shoe up the backside is what they need. Not, these two boys were not acting like thugs. No, I know, but they just... They were just, two good-looking lads. Yeah, but they haven't. They have no cop on, like just no, just, you know. no. And I mean, they were old enough to know that they should have. I mean, I wonder if that's just, going on much, where people are just trying it on with asthma or health conditions yeah. or. And I problems. actually said to him, I said, if they had heart conditions, I said, or asthma, I said, I know, I said, I can go to my doctor, I said, if I want, and get a letter stating that I don't have to wear a mask because of my asthma. But I said, I choose to wear a mask, I said, because I said, I don't want to give anybody COVID. I okay. said. I'm, I'm, I'm wearing my mask to protect others, I of said. Of course, okay. And okay. I said, I can get a letter, I said, and so can they if they have those conditions. Well, he said, that's their own business, he said. I, I'm not asking anyone for a letter. Well, I said, you you just jeopardised a whole store full of people plus all the staff in pennies. And I said, I said, I won't. It'll be a long time before I'll be in here again. I said, I'll do what I need to do and I'm out that door. Well, you won't be and in there for said, six well, weeks know, anyway. You, you know where it is, he said, if you don't want to shop here. I know. But uh, in defence of staff, though, they have been told by management not to challenge people, not to be taking people on. It's only staff just to give them advice. Yeah. But this, this is a security. What's he employed for? Yeah, okay. All right, Anita, thanks for that. Thanks for sharing. Morning to you. I'm a secondary teacher in a school and I'm at high risk with asthma. I am working and living in a different county to my family and my husband-to-be. I understand we all have to do our part and I'm happy to have a job and all that and to be working in a school, but I think it's very unfair how teachers are talked about 
and that we had so much time off already, as people on your show say. Firstly, we didn't have time off. We still worked with online lessons and the time we do have off is part of the reason we do our job. Don't get me wrong, I love teaching and working with kids, but I've done six years in college and I'm on less money than friends that didn't go to college and work as managers and shops. But the reason I'm happy, still happy to do my job for the money is because I get the holidays. Um, I know for a fact we had students with COVID in our school. I can be teaching students up to the age of 19. Saying teachers are now frontline workers is not fair and definitely in secondary schools it's not fair. We can work online. Uh, I know it's not optimal, but it's the same with any job. It's not optimal to be in an office, but it's safer right now. Apart from doctors and nurses that have been provided with the PPE, we're the only people still expected to be in contact with so many people for longer than 15 minutes, up to 80 minutes for a double class. I respect and thank everyone working in supermarkets. I know it's very hard. I also worked in a shop when I was in college, but they are not in contact with someone for longer than 15 minutes. So making comparisons like that is not fair. I just needed to get this off my chest. People, stay well. Thank you for that. Um, I'm wondering, will there be developments in the coming weeks with regards to teachers being asked to go to work? There could be changes in that regard with regards to the teachers and their unions. Now... Is dog grooming considered essential from earlier on this morning? Well, we dug and we dug and we kept on digging and Seamus eventually sorted some information for me from the Department of Agriculture at gov.ie. So we had to go to the Department of Agriculture to try and get a straightforward answer. You'll be interested to hear it. It's vague. Uh, The question on their website is, is dog grooming considered essential? The answer is, while this is not a matter for the Department of Agriculture... As such, where it is considered critical from from an animal welfare aspect, you could proceed with such cases on a prearranged appointment basis only. However, you should not be open to general public for normal general business purposes. In addition, you need to ensure that you follow the HSE guidelines, etc., etc., distancing, hygiene, PPE. So that to me would indicate that dog grooming is considered essential enough to stay open, but only for prearranged appointments, which I think is the way the dog groomers operate anyway. Does that answer the question? Call the Neil Prenderville Show now. 1850-104-106. Red FM. To Linda, and from that email on Monday, uh, a lot of pushback with that with regards to people saying, don't label all mammies the same as being, you know, just interested in time off and shopping and getting every benefit possible. She was making that observation because she saw the long lines of people at, uh, at Smith's on a working day. In relation to that working mother that commented on Smith's, do you have health? Well, I don't. I have, a, I have to stay at home, not by choice. I always worked. So be careful with your accusations. And if you're lucky enough to have your health, stop and think. Everyone's paths are different. It's also very cruel of you to label us all the same. Yes, I have my shopping done. Not this past week, but the past few months. We all knew this lockdown was on the way. You had plenty of time to prepare for it yourself, says Joe. Uh, Could you please tell that hardworking mother, Linda, who feels she may not get a chance to purchase her Christmas gifts in time with other parents who are currently queuing in this awful weather, that not every parent is lucky enough to have a nine-to-five job. You can be sure that many of those parents in that queue may be the first in the queue as possibly coming off a night shift. 
be it in a factory or a hospital and quietly panicking to get their purchases done in time uh, so that they can get into their cars and negotiate their way home to bed amongst the crazy traffic and floods to get some sleep before they start their next night at work when Linda will be sleeping. I'm a nurse who's also worked right the way through the last lockdown, felt the anxiety and panic right the way through levels two and three, let alone anxious about what's on the horizon. Please don't judge people in a tunnel-visioned way. Everyone is struggling with this and quietly panicking internally in order to keep things calm and peaceful in the home environment for their children. We're all battling in our own way. Linda, do not be so judgmental. Okay, so I will come back to all of those in the morning. But um, today uh, is the last day for many businesses who will have to close their doors at midnight, um, unfortunately, some will not reopen because they just won't be able to do the maths on it anymore. For others, it is a temporary lockdown that I hope will not be six weeks and will be shorter than that. And we're all looking towards, you know, the new year when a vaccine comes around. But what a journey we have had um, since March together. And, uh, you know, many people have been in touch with me by phone, by email, by text, uh, by pre-record, live different scenarios sharing their stories since March, which is pretty much eight months. And um, as we look back now, um, I want to play for you work that Mark uh, has been doing um, with regards to our journey together uh, since March through COVID into different levels, out of different levels, the optimism, the happiness and the sad. And so, uh, ladies and gentlemen, this is our uh, this is our coronavirus journey so far. This is the Neil Frienderville Show. I was in a particularly large uh, shopping outlet where one of the staff said to me, you really need to stop talking about the coronavirus. And I said, why is that? Is it boring? And she said, no. But everybody, because of the media, is in buying and buying and buying and panic buying. No, hand sanitizers is at this present moment. All sold out, you're saying? The area. It's inevitable that it will come to Cork. But don't panic. Is that what you're saying, yeah? Absolutely. Like We've got one case in Ireland of a country of 4.5 million. We all know someone that if they get it, it could be fatal. But do we have to stop everything? Does the country go to shutdown? And then when, when the virus is completely gone, what do we have left afterwards? God only knows. We have to live. We have to move on. We've had our first death and all of the papers reported. Uh, one death in the east of the country. 43 cases in Ireland now. Sinn Féin leader Mary Lou MacDonald joins me by phone. We now are at a point where we need a coherent, decisive, firm plan of action that goes beyond things like hand hygiene and coughing into your elbow. We need to get ahead of this virus. We have a national emergency of a coronavirus, which there is no vaccine for. And I feel it's a disgrace. Some doctor there was on the television showing us how to wash our bloody hands. We're not three years of age, you're all me. We said we would take the right actions at the right time. And we have to move now to have the greatest impact. Schools, colleges and childcare facilities will close from tomorrow. This is the calm before the storm, before the surge. And when it comes, and it will come, never will so many ask so much of so few. I'll tell you where the most dangerous place to be yesterday. It wasn't the schools, it wasn't the colleges, it wasn't your workplace, it was the supermarket. It was absolutely ridiculous. It was bedlam. You're talking three to five hundred people at least queuing almost on top of each other. We will survive. We're in a civilized country. Take a moment, have some common sense and calm down. How can I 
loss of empty counters like toilet paper canned goods everything is gone and like things with baby formulas and stuff like that I think people are just really panicking Good morning I'm actually in Cheltenham I'm actually uh, on course as, as we speak There's a very different set of messages when you compare the Irish situation and how we reacted and, and Boris Johnson and the British isn't there? Huge after the British government's Cobra meeting then it was decided that social gatherings are okay to continue so Cheltenham go, Cup Day goes ahead I think all unnecessary outings should be stopped we need to be protecting people we have to stop being so bloody selfish Eileen who's in Grand Canaria <laughs> says here that you're in your 70s and frantic with worry. They're telling us that we have to be old Grand Canary by Thursday. That's right. You have to get home. The and flight. why are they doing you know? Because all flights will be cancelled. I tried to get us all onto the Shannon flight tonight. One managed to get onto it. She's getting panic attacks and everything. And did so they have, have to, to pay to get her back anymore. through Shannon? They did. 2,700 to get seven of us onto that Shannon flight tonight. Jenny Mac, no. No, you're no, you're gonna... not going to do that, Neil, because I tell you what now, we're going home to no jobs. All our jobs are closed. So we need all the money we, we have. Last night, the government announced a scheme that will hopefully allow employers to continue to pay employees, even if they're laying them off. So with the fact from midnight tonight, for a two-week period until Easter Sunday, everybody must stay at home in all circumstances. All public and private gatherings of any number of people outside a single household are prohibited. You a doctor in Perth, Australia, am I right? You are correct. I live with four other UCC graduates. We all went together and kind of after a lot of thought, we've actually all decided to quit our jobs here and come back home. If things get to the level that they have been in other European countries, uh, we'd definitely like to be there to be playing our part. I love what you've done. We may not have Paddy's Day Parade, but we have a fabulous virtual one on Twitter. Tell me all about that. Well, I just thought, you know, rather than it being a negative day, Patrick's Day has been cancelled. Let's do something positive. It's basically for families. If they're at home because they don't have their own parade, you know, put on their costumes and put up a little picture. Let's just have a good day. Like, Emer, good morning. Morning, Neil. You How are you? Would you to marry Robbie Williams today at the Vienna <laughs> <laughs> Robbie Williams, I love it. At the Vienna Woods today, but yeah, ain't gonna happen. I know. But sure, look, with everything that's happened the last few days, like, my problem isn't a problem. You've been fighting for it all. to fly flags as a sign of solidarity. Just by having the flag and when I see the wind pick it up and it's there and it's flapping in the wind I honest to God I, I feel really really we're, proud like. We're all on the same team. What about people who get reduced hours or lose their jobs or, or get sick and have mortgages to pay and rent to pay? Where are they in all of this? People will lose jobs, there's no doubt about that. The Echo this morning leads no more Debenhams. Around 350 jobs will be lost across two stores in Cork alone. Debenhams, the first major casualty. I was there 15 years. My husband, he's 15 years. And my daughter, she works for the warehouse concession. So with one oh. fell swoop on last Thursday, all yeah. three of you lost your jobs. Yeah, I think we were all fighting to keep it going. And yeah. I think I think the Republic of Ireland was doing well. Yeah. You know, And I, I feel I feel Debenhams are after throwing Ireland under the bus. So it's not hard to fall When you flow like a cannon oh. My husband passed away last year, Sheldon. I'm on my own with 
four children. So how am I meant to go shopping for groceries? We were all going in together and we were stopped. The security guard, no, he was lovely, he was very nice. He said, it's only one person per trolley. Okay, um, yeah. And I said, sure. I said, my husband is dead. <laughs> I said, what am I meant to do? I'm good. Like, I mean, I do have good days, you know. I do have good days and I have really bad days. cabinet is to discuss radical leaving certificate proposals. So how's it going to work now? Firstly with regards to predictive grades. People have been saying that they're unfair. Yeah, they are. Um, nothing is going to be fair at this point, you know. Um, you have to prioritise and what we're prioritising is our health. As they were leaving, they shouted across the supermarket to someone else they knew. Party in our house, if you feel like coming up. So there was no hiding in the fact they were doing it. There's a particular set of people, isn't there? They're thick. Absolutely. And I walk to Lee Fields every morning. In fact, I'm here as I speak you. And every morning, the bins are full of cans, takeaways, cigarette boxes. You're a young guy, right? Do you see all of these photographs of teens and 20-somethings hanging out? I don't, because it's none of my business. But they are in, in large bunches, you know? That's lifely. No one's going to stay inside 24-7. Your diabetic 86-year-old granddad, Paul O'Donovan. Tell us all about him. He had a mild stroke. And then about three weeks ago, he was tested for the COVID-19 and unfortunately came back that he had it. So, of course, then the whole family were very worried. And But to be fair, the staff, the doctors, the nurses, everybody up in St. Finbars were absolutely fantastic. And they kept us in the loop every single day. And um, then over the weekend, we found out that um, it's gone. He fought it like a trooper. Cause you're sky, cause you're sky full of stars. I'm a single mom, so I'm here on my own. My set of twins are two and a half, so Neil, I'm going off my game, and I was just listening to you about clothes and the off license. No, we'll, ne- we'll never allow that to happen to you. You've got to have your glass of vino. I need that at the evening. <laughs> what you said in the star was, Netflix is the greatest creation ever. I have literally sat down in my pyjamas, unwashed and unshaven, <laughs> and then gone right through and watched the entire series. You, of course, are closed as a hair salon while the black market in hairdressing is thriving. My phone is happy, but I can't do it. I want to open legit. I want to open my doors and say, I am open. I will keep you as safe as I possibly can. I will take your temperature. I will wear a mask. I have PPE. I'm ready to go. Last night, my 11-year-old is testing me for the last few days. Dad, can we dye your hair? It's meant to be the Irish colour, green, white, and orange. <laughs> so, you're delivering post with the yeah. colours of the Irish flag in your head. That's right. <laughs> Cabinet today agreed to implement all elements of phase two. Summer is not lost. And this can be a summer of hope. Big day on Lee's side today. Penny's is open. The line went pretty fast. I mean, they were supposed to open at half ten, but they opened at nine o'clock, which I'm not complaining about, I suppose, at all. Shower will be queuing now. At least for an hour, I'd say. Oh, my needs are fluffy socks. <laughs> well, why am I queuing for underwear? <laughs> I'm sorry for me, Nicholas, is my bras, bye. You say you'd be mortified outside pennies, is it? I just despair to think what our beautiful city is going to look like tomorrow. They can spend their dole or their COVID payment, whatever way they like, I suppose. But I what are you, what are you saying? That pennies customers are on the dole and BT customers aren't, is it? Uh, well, I mean, you could hear now the caliber of people. I love the Cork accent. Go on away on that. Yesterday, you were praising Brown Thomas for opening. And today, you're lambasting pennies for opening. I didn't get one phone call on the air yesterday asking whether or not people were too close. 
close in BT. This morning, I got calls and texts. BT. Oh, you call it BT, do you? You call it Brown Thomas. I mean, like maybe a good three, four pairs of each just to stock up. You bought four pairs of shoes? Yeah, I did. <laughs> what queue were you in yesterday? In McDonald's in Blackpool. What are you so desperate for, or is it the kids? It was just a big Mac. <laughs> she said, that one's pregnant, and all she wants is chips from McDonald's. You said to him, get out of my way, yeah. or I'll knock you down. I wasn't going to do that, Neil, like. I hope not. No, Jesus, no. I'd have been in trouble with the guards, Neil, you yeah. know? Yeah. And would you not go over to Dino's? No, I'm just craving a big Mac now, Neil. I've actually cancelled a meeting to calm down because I'm going to be here for so long. My mother ended up in our local hospital in January and unfortunately she contacted COVID and died from COVID um, on the 21st of April. And for my mother's funeral, we were only allowed 10 people into the church. Nobody was allowed to walk behind the hearse. So she had her seven children and three grandchildren in the church. Her son-in-laws and daughter-in-law all had to sit in their cars in the church ground. And then, unfortunately, you see a big funeral on the television on Sunday. And you say to yourself, what are you doing? No, I won't give up. Yesterday, I was doing the newspaper review and came across your story saying that a second wave is inevitable. It is inevitable if we go through with this plan on schedule. Unfortunately, if we lift all our restrictions and go back to the way we were, the virus hasn't gone. You're saying that he's frightening the living daylights out of people? Absolutely, 100%. They are whipping up fear amongst people who are vulnerable. From last week, very, very hard to deal with customers. They're frustrated, they're fed up with everything, and they just seem to be taking it out on the staff. I know they're frustrated, but it's not my fault. I have had people so close to my face that I felt their spit on my face. The behaviour of some people is just a disgrace. The Black Lives Matter movement is international. It's showing support. It's showing support in the fact that black lives do matter. It's not saying white lives don't matter. Tanya yeah. says that protest was an insult to all HSC staff that have worked so damn hard for this stupidity. All of our efforts have gone out the window. There's no distancing, no respect. adults and two small kids for a week in Spain yeah. or Portugal. To go all inclusive 1100 flights included. And a West Cork hotel then, two adults, two children, five nights, 1425 euro breakfast yeah. only. You want to know, does anybody house swap anymore? Look, we're on a reduced income. We're just getting by. It's been really hard the last couple of weeks, and now we're just starting to get out of it. And that massive expense, for me, it would be a case of, okay, do I pay the mortgage this month, or do I take the kids off for a holiday? That's yeah. dangerous, like, you know? You have 90 minutes to sit at the table, and you got to be out. And the meal must be worth €9. Euros. So what would that be like? Chicken and chips, a curry, maybe a little slice of lasagna? Can you imagine, like, you know, having to announce every 90 minutes or 105 minutes? You know, right, lads, finish up, time, please. It's crazy. I mean, my, my customers won't be going for that. Like, we wait till the 20th of July till the public house itself proper opens. 
Dear Seashuck, my name is Senin Casey. I am eight years old. I thank you for all the work you did to protect and mind our country from the coronavirus. P.S. When will children be able to shop in Smith stores again? <laughs> you got a reply from the Taoiseach, didn't you, little man? Yes. What did he say? He said, will you continue to take care of your family? Because that is so important. We need all our heroes, and I know I can depend on you. With best wishes, Leo Varadkar. How did that make you feel when that letter came in the it door? It made me feel wonderful. After studying the expert advice, Cabinet today approved the rephasing of the roadmap. Most things are now being moved to phase three, beginning on Monday, the 29th of June. I'm making this announcement today to give people time to prepare so the places can be ready to reopen. For example, churches and places of worship. And yes, hairdressers, beauticians and barbershops. If I wanted highlights and my nails done on Monday, which I don't, can I get in? Not on Monday, no. I think for the hair side, they're booked out until the end of July at least. <laughs> August! You know, it, it's crazy, it is, like, but we're excited. asked whether there's a limit to what we can achieve. My answer is that limit does not exist. We've been here before and we know the way out. So it was an historic weekend, of course. Miho Martin, this Taoiseach of Ireland's return to Leaside. It was fabulous to see so many people in Ballinlog turn out. It's a wonderful day and I came back thinking it was a lucky just coming home to the family and then I got a phone call to say the neighbours wanted to do a kind of a, a welcome, social distance welcome. We were 30 years married that week and I've stayed with him for 30 years. <laughs> <laughs> but it's a happy Monday after three long months. The boozers, the barbers and the bookies are back. You're getting the blonde put back in, are you? I am. Um, of course. You say it's like a miracle to be back in the hair salon, is it? Yes, it is, yes. No wonder is Rachel, the first appointment, having her hair done this morning. Good morning, Neil. How so, are you? So I'm told that you were in the uh, hair salon at half past eight, is it? I was, yes. Delighted to be inside the door now. You didn't try to do any kind of home bots jobs, no? Oh, God, no. Today is the day when so much more uh, gets back to reopening. The pubs that serve food get to reopen as well today. And I believe the first pint of stout was pulled as well, was it? The first pint of stout was pulled at half the start. We look forward to to go with a full Irish. Was it Guinness or Murphy's or Beamish? A pint of Guinness. And does a pint of Guinness go down well with a full Irish breakfast? Right now, Neil, I drink it out of a muddy boot. I haven't had one in four months. All we ever see of Varadkar is photobombing, quoting Lord of the Rings and Mean Girls and Terminator. Do you not find that frustrating as a politician? Look, myself, Leo Varadkar and Eamon Ryan have worked well in joined the negotiations. We've managed to get a programme for government together. After poor old Patrick, the age of 97, passed away, Lisa went into his room and uh, she held his hand for the last time and she played him an Irish lullaby. That was one of the most heartbreaking things I've ever seen. You really have captured our hearts, you know. 
Thank you. He taught you a lot. Very wise, man. We all know now the importance of hand washing, social distancing, wearing a mask. If we don't, we will be back in a winter of COVID and it won't be pretty. Every time I talk to somebody in a scenario like yours where you see no hope, I get lots of calls and texts from people every single day who reach out to help strangers like your good self. You have a great opportunity in the next week or so to get back to work, to surround yourself with people, to tell your family and friends that you're struggling. Yeah. I just need to, I need to start being more positive and, you know, I'm, I need to start loving myself again. Absolutely. You describe it as being a night of no respect, shouting and roaring. Kind of a rowdy old party up there. There was about 15 or 20 of them out in the balcony having a great time. We're going to party like it's shiver. And we're going to sip a party like it's shiver. Is this guy for real? The country went into lockdown and every responsible person in the country followed guidelines. The students decided that they wanted to party. In the middle of what's going on, they shouldn't be allowed. Have you heard one complaint since the lockdown saying there's been a bunch of adults Absolutely. Yes, yes, absolutely. Yes, yes. How bad is it, or do you think it's a problem at all down there? Club Piero and all this stuff. What I see is the young people taking the initiative to create a a social gathering of their own. They should close down the off license during the COVID, now in the lockdown. I had to see my grandchildren through windows. I sacrificed. They didn't close down the off license, they closed the churches instead. You'll always get people who will complain when young people do do things. it is bad. It is bad when all of that stuff is left around the following morning. Instead of just shutting it down, the problem could be addressed by educating the young people. Sure, like they don't up. need educating. It's like knowing the difference between day and night. I mean, I imagine a lot of those are also going banging on about climate change and global warming. It's like, are we to take them seriously at all if they behave like that? Then? Yeah, 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 yeah. Drove into Skipperine. It was in that bit of an eye opener coming out of quarantine. He was pretty much verbally abused by a guy in a car telling him to um, go back to England and take your virus with you. The safest thing to do for you and your family is to holiday at home. But the official travel advice for the 15 countries on the so called green list is to take normal precautions. Aren't you very brave to be talking about going on holidays to Lanzarote, though? I don't care. I don't care. You only live once, like, you know, know what I mean? For well, God's sake. Ireland's filthy compared to these countries. Even their footpaths are clean here, you could tell you eat off them. And even if I wanted to, I can't stop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. COVID has been brilliant for dating. It has slowed it all down. The dates they're on are better because people have to communicate more. to school and my mother had passed away with COVID-19. Were you in touch with your mother in the weeks and months before? Yeah, and I managed to speak to her before I went on the ferry. In hospital? Yeah. Sorry. God. You were hoping to get off the other side and get to see her, but sadly she passed away yeah. when you were at sea. I missed her about 45 minutes. Oh, dear. I know. Is it too late to pick the pieces up? Ambulance picked you up, took you to the Mercy, where you became the first person with coronavirus in that hospital. You were put into an induced coma. And as far as you knew at that stage, your mom was still at home. But of course, she was actually in the same hospital as you. We were directly across from each other, yeah. You were successfully taken out of the coma. I, I do recall the day, yeah, for so many reasons. Some good and some definitely not so good. You had survived it. 
But unfortunately, yeah. your mother hadn't. Yeah, that's correct. Well, there was supposed to be an announcement with regards to Phase 4 yesterday, kicking in on Monday. There was an announcement, but it was an announcement of deferral. So uh, pubs won't reopen. You won't see changes in gatherings, not in the short term. Are you saying that the pubs should be allowed to open? I think under strict conditions, they should be. And what would those conditions be? They may reduce time. So somebody suggested opening, say, between 5 and 10. Obviously, they might have reduced number that are allowed in. The Irish pub is copied around the world. You'll find it in Russia, China... That uh, but they tried to copy it, but they can't do they it. They try to, but unfortunately our government is trying to get rid of it. We're being legislated out of existence. Some of the pubs, they made it through the famine, the civil war, World War I, World War II, the troubles, the black and tans, the recession, the burning of court. Gentlemen, time please, you know we can't serve anymore. I understand that like children need to go back to school, I do. The government are meant to be leading the country, yet they're in the doll and there's no way the doll is sitting fully. Let the government lead by example. And at the moment, they're not. All they're doing is lying in their own pocket. Nothing ever happens. Nothing happens at all. The idea of sending my son into an incubation chamber with 600 other kids is just not an option. And I'm actually appalled that the Department of Education have had four and a half months and this is the best they can come up with. The event on Wednesday night was the 50th anniversary dinner for the Oireachtas Golf Society. Will Micheál Martin give the Gardaí special powers to arrest the people at that golf event or is it just the little people that he wants to target? It's the absolute arrogance of the politician to go to have a liquid lunch. There are family funerals people can't attend and yes, there they go. It's like throwing a bucket of cold water over all of our heads. By phone line, Senator Jerry Bottomer joins me. Morning, Jerry. Can I begin by saying that I'm sorry to the people who are listening, to those who are walking on the front line, to the people who have died, the families of people who have died, uh, and to the people who have contacted COVID-19 by my attendance uh, at the event in Clifton. Um, I left people down in. Is it too late now to say sorry? need to withdraw your scaremongering because you came on the radio and you said to people for God's sake put on your mask with no justification no medical background okay you're holding me responsible for scaremongering for saying that we all have a role to play in this and that is wash our hands and wear masks so what should I be saying you shouldn't be following the, the one sided narrative no I'm asking you to tell me what I should be saying if it isn't wash your hands and wear a mask it's not for me to tell you I don't wear a mask never have worn one and never will this is forcing people to see where the where the this lovely mantra go my body my choice my body my choice goes out the window when you throw in the word infectious then it becomes somebody else's body I'm not infectious how do you know because I know you told me that you don't wear a mask because it's brainwashing yeah but it's locally for me I hate masks and I don't like masks and uh, none of us like them none of us do and I'm covered by this but I feel severely distressed we will then I'd gotten on the bus as usual was wearing my mask every one of the buses was wearing a mask there was a guy got on the bus and the busman turned around and said he's just told me where he's going he's going to the COVID test centre so he's just put the whole bus at risk I changed my clothes as soon as I got home I had a shower and I was just hysterical and inconsolable because I live with my parents Well, many of us, of course, now suffer with COVID fatigue, which I'm sure is a syndrome at this stage. The newspapers are dominated very much by COVID deaths around the world now have just passed the one million mark.
Well, as fresh as weeks go, I mean, it's quieter than usual, absolutely. And that, that, that is expected, and that's important, because we're in a pandemic. Monday morning at 20 to 11, they started walking up and down our streets like the great white hunters coming out of the centre shop way down with drink. That has continued right through the week. Remember back in March and April, we were talking about this resurgence that would come again then in the autumn, and on top of that would be, you know, the, the flu problem and everything like that. Don't lock our loved ones in homes again. My daughter, she needed the specialist care. She, you know, she was just staring at the wall with her mouth opening and she heard my voice and she started crying. I was so terrified. I said, it's not COVID, it's not, it's going to kill her. It's bloody heartbreak. So while we have slowed the spread of the virus, this has not been enough and further action is now required. The government has decided that the evidence of a potentially grave situation arising in the weeks ahead is now too strong. Therefore, for a period of six weeks from midnight on Wednesday night, the entire country will move to level five of the framework for living with COVID-19. Why can't the schools be shut down? I understand that schools and education is important, but my children's safety is paramount to me, and it should be to every other parent. You'll find that life is still worthwhile if you it won't be the same Christmas that we've enjoyed in years past, but if we all pull together and follow the spirit of these new rules, it will be a very special time and will give us all some respite from the hardship of the last seven months. Our journey through the coming weeks and months will not be easy, but our future is in our hands. That's the time you must keep on trying Smile, what's the use of crying? You'll find that life is still worthwhile That is our story so far. And my thanks to Mark Willington for putting in the work and for you guys for being part of it over the past uh, seven, perhaps even eight months. Somebody says here uh, that that is a powerful reminder of what we have all been through. Have a good day. I'll see you tomorrow. Thanks for listening to this Red FM podcast. Don't forget to subscribe and check out redextra.ie for more great Red FM content.